The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart-Smith. All right, all right. Take two, Anthony. We're starting Take again. Two. I forgot my coffee. What did you forget? Oh, I went and got myself a drink. I was looking for right. water, but there's no goddamn waters here. And I don't drink, I don't really drink tap water. So, geez, Louise, too good for tap water. Look at no, this. I mean, changed. No, you changed. Just, the people of I Arkansas don't, like the don't mind a bit of tap water. I don't like the Arkansas. We're doing this no, again. No, it, it, it's a running joke, Anthony. No, I thought you were serious. No, I know you're from Nebraska. <laughs> come no, on. I hate the come cups. On, I hate the cups. That's what it is. I like the bottles. Well, do you put a straw in it as well? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Welcome the to the show, everybody. We have the one and only Iron. Is that his name? Iron Mike Chandler. Is that his nickname? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We've got Iron Mike Chandler joining us later. So we're very excited to have him on. So thank you. For, thank you him for his time. But Anthony, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Things are things are going well. I'm home for a, an extra day, which is nice. Um Chiefs won the Super Bowl or going to the Super Bowl. They won the uh, the championship last night. Harrington's probably real upset about that, but that's okay. Who did they beat? They beat the Bengals. And is that is that Cincinnati Bengals, right? Cincinnati Bengals. That's the first time that Patrick Mahomes has beaten Joe Burrow, which is a big deal. Mahomes, you know, you know, you he's know. a big deal. I know so this guy. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, I know all the footballers. A, oh, I know them all. Tom, <laughs> old Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, you yeah. know. Is <laughs> yeah. he still going out with Shakira? Or who's he with? Or Giselle? No, they just got divorced. Did yeah, they really? got divorced. He's banging like 20-year-olds now. Good for him. Oh, God, hey, God bless him. Good for him. Uh, but who's that? Because somebody was going out with Shakira as well. Did you hear about PK. this? Who's Who? PK? He's, Who's a, he's a French uh, footballer, I believe. Like a right. soccer player. So, so what happened there, Harrington? You probably know more about this because he yeah. was cheating, and this is not this was not in the notes. But he was cheating on Shakira, mm-hmm. right? And then did he find like the jam or something in the fridge, and that's how she figured it out? So I, uh, yeah, I stay abreast of all of the the gossip that's going on, and apparently, abreast. She, yes, very abreast, and very so hips, and very uh, no. She so she came home apparently, and there's like a strawberry jam that uh, Gerard, her husband, did, was not a fan of, and her daughter never ate. Uh, but she noticed that like it was went from being a full jar to like a third of the way full jar, and she's like, "All right, something's amiss here." That's how imagine- she found out. Imagine that's the way you get caught cheating. Not Jesus not a condom wrapper, not a phone call. Fucking I mean, you your just, strawberry you just jam. say, I don't know why the jam jar is half empty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. The hips might lie, but I don't. Anyway, anyway. Why, okay, how, do you cheat? how do you cheat? I, I mean, I'm a little bit blown away that you cheat on Shakira. That doesn't make any sense. Everyone's Shakira. sick of a woman somewhere, dude. Like, no matter how hot she is. So she's no, on no, somebody's but, nerves. 
no matter how hot she is, no matter how gorgeous, someone somewhere is sick of effing her. But anyway, so we've got lots to talk about. We're not here to talk about Shakira or Giselle, although I could happily do that. I could look at pictures and talk about her and talk about their relationship <laughs> problems for quite some time, but we're not going to do that. Anthony, anything big in your world that will get off your chest first or no, or anything, everything fine and dandy? Everything's pretty fine and dandy over here. Fine and dandy. Good. I know nothing. That's the name of today's episode, Fine and Dandy, featuring Michael Chandler. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll get right into these um, these fight announcements. Last yeah. week, Dana White, what did he go live? I think on the Instagram page or something. Yeah, I think it went live. I was on all their socials and their YouTube page. Yeah. I really, I actually really like that. I don't, I don't think I did it first, but I, I think I came around to it. If I was, I was expecting some huge blow away you know kind of announcement of like some life-changing sport changing thing so i was kind of disappointed at first but i actually don't think that's a bad idea the more that i think about it like what easy versus Pereira two or four well, I, I mean i think that's a big fight but i think in my head i was i was hoping for ultimate fighter coach announcements and weight classes and and when that was going to come out like something super super big but i mm. I, I don't think it's terrible to to come on drop you know drop some some fight announcements and then move on i don't think maybe it doesn't have to always be something huge and and world changing yeah but that's pretty big i mean that's ultimately what we do like and when the ultimate fighter mm-hmm. happens most of it's because we see the two coaches at the end yeah okay the reality tv show the new talent the drama in the house that, that's all well and good but to see the coaches go at one another at the end is what it's all about by all accounts mcgregor tony ferguson depending on who you speak to severe mma could be the most credible outfit on planet Earth, or they could just be lying. But according to them, it's all but confirmed. McGregor and Tony Ferguson. We didn't talk about this last week, did we? I don't think so. Ah, right. Okay, good. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it makes all the sense in the world to, from, from a certain perspective. Uh, personally, from an entertainment standpoint, I really, really like Connor yeah. versus Tony. Tony has this weird innate ability to get under everybody's skin as, as stoic and as put together and as, as mentally tough as Habib is the only person that's able to been able to get under his skin is Tony Ferguson with the tiramisu and calling him a fat kid and, and just all the, he's just really good at it. I think that Tony would really rattle Connor enough to get Connor upset. And what that's did he exciting. say though? What did he say? Because he did a little post. He did a little post this week, and he was, you know, what Tony's like. Tony oh. time, bitches. Yeah, champ shit mind. only. <laughs> CSO champ shit only. I'm trying to look for it because I was looking at it for it before, <clears> and he did a little statement saying, "I've been offered the role. If that cake eating some bitch, I'm like, bro, you can't use the same lines. He said that about Khabib in the Tiramisu. He's right, calling Connor a cake eating some bitch and whatever. Mc, blah, blah, McNuggets. Blah, blah, blah. McNuggets, McNuggets. <laughs> still, um, it's a good fight for Connor, though. If that is yeah, going to be, the I, th- comeback I think fight, the fight's the fight's the fight's a tough one for Tony. Tough one for Tony. Listen, yeah. the reality is, Tony Ferguson. Come on, right? He's given so much to the sport of mixed martial arts. Some tremendous performances. We all know he relied on his toughness, and when people would get tired from teeing off on his skull, he would then turn it around. I mean, the man was legendary tough, but that catches up to you. Oh, here it is. I've been asked to coach on tough against old fathead. Anyone of my choosing, if that Katie some bitch wouldn't show Mac, what a vagina. Always ready anywhere, anytime. 
choose you, McCracker. I choose you, McCracker. C-U-E-W-E. Soon the champ. Champ shit only. I think he was talking about Habib. No, he's talking about McGregor. Yeah, but in, but he said, I've been asked to coach on the Ultimate Fighter against Old Fathead or anyone of my choosing if that cake-eating some bitch wouldn't show. Mm. I think he's saying he's going to coach against Connor if Habib wouldn't ah, show. Oh, to I be see. fair, I, I had heard some rumblings that, um, Habib. That, that that was what was being talked about or being wanted. At one point, Jeez. was Habib versus Tony. They just weren't going to fight at the end. Anthony Smith of the Inside Scoops. This is the thing. I have not commentated a UFC event in quite some time. I'm out of the loop. I don't hear the gossip. I don't hear the rumors, the rumbles. I'm back at it this week, and I'm going to be full of inside secrets on Monday. Um, well, Khabib's not going to do that. He's been retired. Yeah. And also, also he's retired from coaching. No, and he's out completely. Yeah. Completely. Which I respect. What do you think about that? I mean, that's very, very, I think it's very noble of, of Khabib to do that, to step away. I mean, listen, he can coach a lot of people. He's got a lot to offer the sport, but you got to put your family first. And I, I actually really respect that. I know that's, I, I agree with you hundred percent. You always see him. He's in the States all the time. He's in Abu Dhabi. He's in Dubai. He's got a, he's got a family, you know, yeah. and he, he's, he's, he's busier as a, he's busier as a coach than he ever was as a fighter. Uh, mm. So it's just all the years of training and fighting and competing and being a world champion himself slid right into a full-time coaching role. You know, I don't know when that dude would have time to be a family or just be a man and do whatever makes him happy. So I, I think it is commendable to step away. I mean, now he stepped away from two extremely successful careers at the height of both of them, which mm. is wild. Yeah, yeah, no, because you, you don't get that time back. Like mm -hmm. I, I was meant to do this uh, tour last year, like Tales from the Octagon. I did it, you know, in 2020, was it? Or 2021? 2021, I did it at the end of then. And I was supposed to do another round all over Europe and then Australia and stuff. But I did that movie in Bulgaria and I did 10 weeks. And number one, the two kind of overstepped each other in terms of timing. But I couldn't be away for 10 weeks and then get back and go, right, now I'm disappearing for another five weeks. See you guys. Take care. I'm like, my first priority in life is to my family you know what mm -hmm. i mean so i get it i get it but going back to tony ferguson what do you think i mean he's lost five fights in a row love tony i'm not shitting on him i'm just we're just being honest five fights in a row but to the absolute best michael chandler charles Oliveira, benil dariush justin gagey i don't know who the fifth one is but there's definitely five yeah uh, is mcgregor gonna be the guy to give him number six what do you reckon uh, well, I think that uh, Father Time is undefeated. Is, is is a part of this? I think it matters. He's 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 aging. He's got a lot of miles, and I don't, I'm not trying to call Tony some beat up old man, but it, it, everyone's run comes to an end, and he had a legendary one. I, I would love to talk to Michael Chandler though about Tony Ferguson when when he comes on. I think that's I the perfect. Say we're going to because he 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 did look pretty good in the Chandler fight for a little bit. He he had he had Chandler hurt. Um, it, it was much more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so I'd like to get Chandler's kind of take on it and how he feels because I'm actually going to work with Chandler here pretty soon for the Perth card uh, for ESPN. He's working right. on the desk with me, right. so nice. 
he's definitely got an analytical mind. I think he'd be able to take himself out of it and kind of give us a better mm-hmm. analysis as he's been in there with him. But from yeah. the outside looking in, it looks like he's slowed down a little bit. He's he's not moving as well as he used to. He's not absorbing the damage as well as he used to. I think with a guy like Connor, who's as dynamic as he is, he's a big kicker. Tony doesn't check leg kicks. If we kind of just rewind back to the Justin Gaethje fight, he just got brutalized <laughs> with leg kicks. Um, and, and so I, I think all of those things compounded. Connor's a great kicker. He's a super accurate striker. He's he's younger. He's, yeah. It's tough. It seems that we're talking about Connor a lot. But also last week, he was apparently run over by a car. I mean, obviously, we <laughs> yeah. had the, the, the allegations last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're trying to focus on more positive things this week, the right. ultimate fighter. But yeah, apparently run over by a car. In fact, Brian, if you've got the video, just play that real quick. What do you think of that? Because then he put the video up, a video of him like, it was like a sexy shot that a girl would do on OnlyFans showing his ass. And just I'm like, that's too much. Yeah. A little, little scratchy woo. Just a little scratch. It did not look like something. That, I'm not saying it didn't happen. But if that's his equivalent of getting run over by a car, I just feel like he might be stretching the truth a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had a scratch. I mean, I'm sure he tumbled off the bike. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't think it was a near-death experience. It didn't It didn't look like it. it- we're talking about videos that came from it. How bad did you feel for the guy that had to give him a ride home with his bike in the back of the guy's car? <laughs> and he's like, what's your name? And he's, uh, he says his name and he's just uncomfortable. And <laughs> I felt you, so bad for that guy. Well, you, have you seen all the, uh, you've seen all the conspiracy theories, right? Uh, to do with this? Said, yeah. Yeah. People are like, Oh, well this is, I'm judging by the comments. A lot of people in the comments and on Twitter, I saw, I'm not saying this, but this is what, this is a theory. And I'm surprised Brian hasn't jumped in here with the conspiracy that uh, this is a a distraction from what he was in the headlines for last week, all of a sudden being all nice Mm -hmm. because he was the one filming himself. So of course he's going to, he's going to be polite on camera. You know, what do you think of that? Because I think, go on, Brian. Well, I didn't see any road rash on him. That's for one thing. (laughs) I'm, I'm just thinking that as you're saying it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that, but I did see a lot of people saying that. And, you know, people are always going to speculate and come up with bloody nonsense. I mean. Always. But yeah, the good idea. It is a good idea. It's a good idea. He's a really solid guy. He just almost got killed. And he was saying, calling him brother. He (laughs) would not assault someone on a boat. Anyway, anyway, anyway. We're joking, of course. We're joking. All right, let's talk about FitBod real quick. FitBod, listen, you know, you want to work out, you want to push yourself, you want to lose weight, you want to stay fit, you want to feel great, but you're bored, you're not inspired, you're not sure what to do, you haven't got the equipment. That is where FitBod comes in. It's just the ticket what you need. It is a fitness app, okay, that obviously you use on your phone, and it will work to your uh, requirements, work to your equipment that you have available. So, you know, whether you're missing... Uh, all the gym equipment, maybe you go to a gym, maybe you just got a park, maybe you got a garage, whatever it is, it will have fitness routines based upon that available, okay? So the app switches up your workouts also so that you avoid overtraining or burnout and the program changes based on your personal growth so you get maximized results. Learn new movements the correct way. There is over 1,400 high-definition demonstration videos. Of course, if you've never seen them, it can seem crazy. Or sometimes there might just be stills. That's no good. Videos, HD, high-definition videos, over 1,400. Sounds expensive, you might think. No, it's not. It is cheaper for a year's access to this than what it would cost you to have one session with a personal trainer. So if you want to work out, you want to do it in private, you want to do it at the gym, you just want to take control of what you're doing, 
Join FitBod today and build a routine that lasts all year. And you can get 25% off your subscription, or you can try out the app for free by going to fitbod.me slash believe. Try it out for free. Then get 25% off fitbod.me slash believe. Never have a reason why you can't work out. Never feel uninspired. Never get bored. Go to fitbod.me slash believe. Let's talk about these fight announcements though. Adesanya versus Alex Pereira, two slash four, whichever way you look at it. I'll just say this to get the conversation started. You have to respect Israel Adesanya here massively because he was so such in a position where he could have sidestepped that fight very, very easily. He could have said, you know what? I have been so busy since I became the champ. I've defended the belt a record number of times. I've been involved in so many of the fights, right? The, 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 the schedule, the pressure mentally and physical was insane. I'm going to take some well-deserved time off. Let the division fight amongst itself. Maybe let Robert Whittaker come in, who is a perceived bad matchup for Pereira. Let him become the champion and then saunter back in and take the belt again. But he mm -hmm. hasn't done that. He said, no, I want to fight him again. Potentially lose for a fourth time again. You know, I, I got to say, I respect that. That's pretty gangster. I think he knows what all, all of us know, though. He's overall the better fighter. And and I'm always going to pick uh, I would I would go back and I would I think that I picked Pereira the first time, but I think I would go back and even though Pereira did win, if I had to work that event again and make a prediction, I would pick Adesanya because I think that he showed over the entirety of a fight that he's the better, more well-rounded mixed martial artist. He just got clipped and he just got caught and then Pereira's got insane power. And, and I think, I think he's got a little bit, everyone's always got that one, you know, there's that one guy that's got your number that you don't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are. Like that guy's always going to make it tough. You, you've run into guys like that in the gym. You got a guy that's got, he's a two and 15 record or a sub 500 record. But for some reason he gives Michael Bisping champion of the goddamn world problems every single fucking day. And everyone else walks through him. Every, like I have that. Just want guy. to clarify, I never got dominated in the gym. Don't lie. Everybody. Don't you don't know. lie. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, I did many times. Me too. So like it's, I get it. There's some people that just got your number, but I do think that Izzy's the better fighter, and I would choose him to win that fight. So I think he knows that. I think he felt that in the fight, and I think that if you avoid that one disastrous situation, he goes on and wins the decision. So I, 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 I understand. <laughs> But I, I do think you're. I think the smarter move. It's. I think it's less about getting back into a fight with Pereira. I think it's more noble of him to know that Whitaker will probably beat Pereira if they were to fight. Mm -hmm. I, I think just a broad statement. I think that a lot of us agree with that. And then Izzy obviously has had Whitaker's number for a while. He's already beat him twice. So yep. that would be the easier path back to a title. And he yeah, chose not yeah. to do that. And I think that that's, that, that's noble. The interesting thing, though, I, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with what you say. I mean, technically, Adesanya is the better fighter. He was way ahead on the scorecards, three to one rounds, I think. At the end of the first round, he hit him with that massive right hand, then the left up momentarily after the bell. If there was another 30 seconds left in that round, he probably would have finished him, but could have, would have, should have, if, but maybe. Um, but on the flip side of all of that, though, the way that it ended 
that reinforces in Pereira's mind that once again, I haven't done this once now. I've done it twice. And all I've got to do is be a bit more aggressive, empty the tank a bit more, just go for it. Because when I did go for it, when my back was up against the wall in the fifth round, and if I didn't get it, I got the finish. So again, it makes it, it, you know, yeah, technically it might be better, but power is one hell of an equalizer. Certainly when the guy throwing it is only a fraction behind you when it comes to the skill and the mm -hmm. speed, etc. So, but, but then another way is, is this one. And this might sound crazy, but it's true. Odds on is he has to win sometime. It's not like they're <laughs> yeah, a million miles away crazy. from it. Yeah, that's not crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you do it enough times, he's going to get one. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> well, nine times out of ten, he wins that fight. Well, this just might be that one out of ten. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. like, because because it's not like Izzy can't compete. He was beating him. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you keep doing it, you, you got he's going to get one. And that sounds like a sympathy vote towards Izzy, and it's not, of course. We're just being no, silly. I think, I but it. that is a factor. It is. Have you, I don't know if Brian or Harrington could pull this up fast enough while I'm explaining it. Have you seen the pr the promo video? That the UFC ran after they, after they announced it. You oh know, my when, God, bring it up with Izzy's. Well, when Izzy, no, no, when Izzy is standing across from Whitaker going into the fifth round and he's mouthing something, and then they go back and they put like the captions on what he's saying and it says, You can't beat me. I'm prepared to die. But like going into the fifth round of the Izzy fight, Pereira says in Portuguese, yeah. I'm ready to kill. And then they yeah, show yeah. them both. Holy sh! I just got to fucking. No, no I've got goosebumps right now as well. It's, it's awesome insane. because I'm I'm willing to die. I'm yeah. like I'm prepared to kill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is genius marketing, man. I mean, listen, oh, you got to give it to the UFC. They the, the promos that they cut, they're sensational. They they're like cinema quality. You know what I mean? They mm -hmm. are fantastic. Uh, of course, not just Izzy and Pereira, Gilbert Burns, Masvidal. That's a huge fight. I mean. On paper, on paper, it, it all points to Gilbert Burns getting a victory. But Masvidal's a dog, as we know this. You can never underestimate him or count him out of any fight. But when you look at it, power probably goes to Gilbert. Wrestling goes to Gilbert. Jiu-Jitsu, without a shadow of a doubt, goes to Gilbert. But slickness, footwork, speed, probably to Masvidal. But Masvidal's in a tough position. Lost his last three in a row. Obviously, Kamaru and Colby Covington, top of the food chain. But what were your thoughts when you heard about that? I was a little bit shocked. Um, I, I just didn't think that that was the type of matchup. It's, it's not the matchup I expected uh, Masvidal get himself into. I thought he would... Ballsy. It's ballsy. Yeah, it's super ballsy. I thought that he would look for more like a striker, like a Stephen Thompson rematch. Or, or or something different to maybe angle himself into a Leon Edwards fight in case Leon happens to get over yeah. on Camaro again. Um, it might be the worst matchup for him, one of the worst matchups for him in the division other than Usman and um, Colby. So I, th I think that is ballsy. But Masvidal has this weird ability, though, to make fights super tough. You know, he he, he just has a he's, – he's an old cagey veteran that – that just finds a way and he's taken a lot of time off. And he said at the very beginning that he was going to take a go away and work on his wrestling and work on his wrestling. And he hasn't, we haven't really heard too much from him. And, and I, I have to take him at his word. And if that's what he's been doing, Gilbert Burns is a great wrestler, but he's not Camaro and he's not Colby. So no, it's a different type of wrestling jujitsu wise. And yeah, certainly goes Gilbert Burns, yeah, Gilbert yeah, Burns, yeah, is but Masvidal can hurt Gilbert right. on his feet. He can hurt him on his feet. He definitely can. He can, 
he that'll be competitive. I never expected Darren Till and Masvidal to play out the way he did. You know mm. what I mean? Till's great on the feet and Masvidal. But it was the way that he set it up, that little stutter step. And when he switched stances against Darren mm-hmm. Till, that was so impressive. So shout out Darren. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, listen, you know, for, for, for Masvidal, what he's doing is running the risk now of losing four in a row. Again, much like Izzy, you got to respect that. You know what I mean? To be back against the wall, granted Colby and Kamara are top of the food chain, but still to, to potentially be looking down the barrel of four losses in a row when you were riding high, when you were the sweetheart, when you were the man of the moment in 2019, the BMF, and you got the rock wrapping the BMF belt around your waist and now be looking down at potentially four in a row. Again, ballsy. He could have easily, you know, stood his or held his ground for an, uh, stylistically an easier matchup, but he hasn't done mm-hmm. that. Got to got to give it to the guy. Um, well, you know, what other- he, he's in a position to look at a title shot too. Before this fight, like as crazy as that sounds, he's he's a big name. He's a big draw. He's popular. He he's he's fantastic on a microphone. One win and and something weird happening in that Leon fight or or. or Kamaro getting hurt or or whatever, a Leon Edwards Masvidal fight. The best thing that ever happened to Masvidal was Leon Edwards winning the title. The longer he keeps it, the better it is for Masvidal because there's already a built-in promo promo video for that. There's already the heat. There's already the beef there. That one already sells because of what happened uh, in London, right? I think it was in London. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The three piece in a soda, and those guys hate each other. And I, I think Leon would give Masvidal an opportunity at a title shot. It all he needs is a win, without I, question. I think, so I, he, I think he was that, talking to Adam Catchell from BT Sports. Sorry to cut you off. And he no, said fine. that. He said, he said, because obviously that was one of the big questions. And he said, 100% I want that fight. He said, but Masvidal's got to win. He keeps losing. When he wins one, I'll give you, it was a, it was a lovely bit of shit talk. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like, yeah, of course I would. But he keeps losing. When he wins <laughs> one, I'll give him a title shot. But he's yet to do that. Right. I, I, that's great promo. And and it's it's great for Masvidal, but he's got to win one. I, I do think there was probably an easier one he could pick, though. <laughs> he's got Without one. Of the, he's got one of the tougher ones. Burns is an absolute monster, but you know what ma- matchup that creates though with Masvidal versus Burns? What mm-hmm. fight does that make? Let me know. Let me know. What do you think? Was that Bilal and Col- Colby? Boom. Or- or, you read my mind, of course. Or, I mean, Hamzat's still floating around in there. What's that dude doing? Nah, let him float. Let him okay. let him float. He's getting beaten up off the Chechen president at the moment. We'll get to that in a moment. Oh, but um, okay. uh, I'm jo- I'm joking, by the way. Before anyone comes at me, oh, I was like, like what, this. What's happening? Yeah, no, no, the Chechen <laughs> president. Is it the president or the king or whatever the president? I think. But uh, yeah, Bilal versus Colby again. That makes all the sense in the world for both men. Bilal needs that big name to get him over that hump with respect. Colby mm-hmm. needs a good win, you know, just to try and get back into those top contention talks. He's still one of the top guys, but to be clawing away at a title fight again, which is what everyone wants, Bilal Mohammed would be a good choice as well. When's the last time we had Bilal on here? Not. It was kind of recently. I was going to say not long ago, a few weeks ago, but we'll get him oh, on. Okay. Well, Harrington, you're going to have, Bilal won't talk to me anymore. So Why? apparently you're the, I don't know. He's maybe sliding into him and him and Harrington are sliding back and forth in each other's DMs. Apparently, Bilal doesn't have our numbers or contacts anymore. So we're gonna ha- Harrington's now our spokesperson. So we're gonna have to 
That's literally my job as a producer. Is <laughs> that you guys? You guys are talent. Don't worry about it. I got all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have organized every. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Give me two interviews that you've scheduled for this show. Uh, there was two. Jared Gordon. And no, no, no. I set that up. I just allowed you to execute it. <laughs> I messaged Jared. So that's a lie. Give me another. Hmm, that's like saying I'm setting them up because I send out the emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that is your job, Harrington. Step up, do better. Anyway, Harrington, come on here, buddy. Come on here, my friend. What's Good to up? see you. Or uh, Bilal Muhammad spokesperson. <laughs> Tell Bilal we said hi. And if he wants to send us a message about how he feels about Colby Covington, to send it to you so that you can send it to us. And we'll talk <laughs> what have we got it. going on then, at, uh, Harrington? We've got Michael Chandler joining us shortly, so we'll do a little non-MMA story first. What have we got, Harrington? Okay, uh, let's see here. I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to start with the with the the one that I put in first that you said you wanted to go to, or one of uh, one of yours? Yeah, go on then. Let's go with that. Okay, uh, Alec Baldwin is currently uh he's been charged with a crime in connection with the shooting on the movie rust last year so if you remember uh yeah. there was a shooting on set um yeah and he has been hit now they're saying that it was criminal negligence uh and they are trying him for manslaughter alec baldwin says you know what i'm still gonna finish making this movie so so th this is the reason why because obviously this story is not new and it's very well known and very well documented. But we were talking about this before we started the show. And then we all had different opinions. And it was like a little bit of a, a playful argument. So we were like, well, save it for the show. Save it for the show. Uh, so Alec Baldwin, um, he's been charged, right? Is it manslaughter? Sorry, did you say Harrington charged with manslaughter? Involuntary manslaughter. Because he shot someone on a movie set, which is, it's awful. Of course it is. Of course it is. I don't believe that Alec Baldwin did anything wrong. It is not his responsibility, but you felt differently, and Brian felt differently, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, sir. No, no. I think I think I was pretty close with you, I, I, but I don't know enough about movie sets, which is why I think this is a, a perfect opportunity mm. for you to maybe enlighten all of us, because I don't know what it's like on a movie set, but from what I understand, and I, 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 I get real deep in the weeds on this shit, and I, like when stuff like this happens, I just, I'm glued to it for a while, so and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's a, a person whose only job is to handle the firearms, correct? They're called an armor? Correct. The armorer. Armorer. So that person's job, from what I understand, again, I'm not super familiar, but it seems like they are the ones who figure out what guns are being needed. They go through all the safety of those guns. They pass them to the actors. They take them from them. They load uh, blanks or non-live rounds or whatever and and make sure that that those are all safe guns and in positions that the actor should be using them for listening to alec baldwin's couple interviews he doesn't seem like a guy that is super familiar with guns and firearms outside of movie sets so even listening to him talk it seemed very clear to me that he wasn't super versed and comfortable with guns he just takes it from the person that he trusts to make sure that mm. the job is done correctly and then he goes and uses the gun or whatever i i think regular gun safety in general is that you don't point a gun at someone to pull the trigger but that's not how movie sets work yeah yeah so yeah now, you, you have to at least point it at them and pull the trigger for it to look believable right so that I, i've never thought that alec baldwin was at fault because i don't 
I, I just don't think that he that that's his job, and I don't think that he knows it. I know I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but yeah. if there's someone around me every single day whose <laughs> job, it, we don't tell the cameramen how to do their job. We just assume that they're going to do yeah. it correctly. I wasn't agreeing with you. You went, you went, I don't know a lot about a lot of things. And I went, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was echoing your sentiments. Uh, allow me to jump in here. Right. So, and Harrington, uh, sorry, Brian, please, please jump in and argue. Cause that's what makes, we want, we want healthy debate, but you're absolutely right. Anthony on every step of the way, there is an armorer, right. And that armorer is in charge of whatever happens with the guns and the ammunition and all the rest of it. And it's a very, very serious job. I'm far from an expert with guns, although most of the stuff that I do, I'm always typecast as a bad guy. And, you know, I've used guns quite a bit. I don't know anything about guns. You know, and most of the time they have to show me right then and there how to load them and I practice it a fair bit so I can make it look believable on camera and all the rest of it, right? And they make a big song and dance about it. They do. When they hand you a gun, they, they announce it to everyone at the top of their voice, live weapon, live weapon. But there's not an actual bullet in there that's going to shoot someone and kill somebody, you know, but it means it's a hot weapon. It's got a blank in it. It's going to make a bang and all the rest of it. And when I am given that, my job is to point it at someone and press the bloody button or the trigger, pardon me, and shoot them. Brian? So, uh, for one example, I did some extra work on this fucking TV show a while back. And, uh, in the scene, the dude had a gun to my head. Everybody who had to handle the gun and me, they, they made everybody check the gun. So even I got to check the gun before he put it against my head. That's number one. So that's just an example of something that I've seen happen. But as somebody who's been shooting their whole life, I've been to hundreds of safety briefings at gun ranges. You you never point you, like you always check your weapon. Like no matter what anybody tells you when they hand it to you, you always check it. It's the number one rule. Like, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know? well, well, yeah, of course, if you're dealing with real guns, even and, and I mean, guns that you're trying to shoot and hurt somebody with, right? they come guns, over to yeah. you, they open the gun, they show you, they show you what's in there, they close it up, they hand it to you. As soon as that scene is done, and I mean as soon as, because I'm always that arsehole, I'm trying to get a little Instagram, a little selfie of me, <laughs> pow, 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 right? Do you know what I mean? As soon as the director goes, cut, he runs over and he fucking snatches it. I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm trying to pose and look badass on Instagram. No, they're very protective. And yeah. I'm not saying that she didn't do her. She didn't fuck up, right? The 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 armorer absolutely didn't do the right thing, but Alec Baldwin no. also didn't do the right thing. So and so that, so you, so. But what you're saying though by that is that because I have shotguns, mm-hmm. if someone ever had their head blown off when I was told that this was a safe gun to shoot and fire, that yes. that's my fault. Yes, but that, that that's incorrect. No, absolutely well, okay. incorrect. In, in terms of, it's not my responsibility. Of, I'm handed a gun by an arborer. That, that that is there. They are experienced. They they the that gun, is their entire role to be there. That's the only reason they're getting paid. I'm there as an actor. That. And, and, and so, so they say it's legally. Gone. It's got it's got blanks. Here you go. Doesn't matter if you didn't check it. It doesn't matter legally. If you're holding the gun, it's your responsibility, and you need to check it. That's just. See, that's I think these are two different worlds, though. I think in in the real world, I I don't I wouldn't give a shit what anybody said. If they said this is unloaded, I'm gonna check it every single time. That, but that's outside of like my job. I do feel like. If this person's job is to be the armor and their only job is to make sure that this set is safe and these guns are safe and nobody gets hurt, 
I'm not sure that I would check it probably every time. I'm not, well, so, I think, so hold I mean, on, so hold on. Hindsight, let, let me just shut down Brian's argument real quick, though, because my job, I'm being hired. Let's just say I'm Alec Baldwin. I'm being paid as an actor. The script says it. The finance was put in place because of that script, okay? And there's insurance and all kinds of stuff around it. But these movies have tremendous budgets. There is insurance in place to make sure nobody gets hurt, okay? But they signed off on the fact that somebody can point a gun and shoot it because a fucking armorer checks it. It and make sure that it's safe to do so. Do but you know I've also I mean? been on. I've also been on film shoots where guns are around and involved in me, and I had to check the gun, and I didn't even have to touch it during the scene. Everybody has to. I don't even know how to check a gun, and then that that, that's right, that was going to be my next in, point. Was yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, not, not everybody. The armorer like I, came over and showed it to me, right? And then yeah. opened up the chamber, showed me that there was nothing, no, there wasn't even blank cartridges in it, showed that it was completely a. a, a but to a layman, spot. what's the difference between a blank and a regular live round? Well, exactly. I'll pull up a picture, but they are, they are clearly different. But, but, no, but not like, when they're example, loaded, though. Well, what, like if you had the round you out of the it. chamber and you can see the round that. Hey, so, so, so Brian, Brian, the fact that, that so this was obviously a live round. Right, right. The which fact is that a live to, which round is fucked was up in anyways. the fucking it should, gun. It You're saying even that that's Alec Baldwin's fault and not the armorers. I'm You're saying out it's of your both mind. of their fault. I'm saying no, it's, it's both not. Of their it's the armorers' fault, fault without question, liable. without a shadow of a doubt. She well, should, I don't know why there was live okay. rounds on the fucking set. I was just about to say, why is there even live rounds on? There should set? be live rounds. They're all good questions, but legally they are both liable, and then. Well, well, I I guarantee that when it goes to trial, I mean, I say guarantee, I shouldn't guarantee because I know nothing about it. But but I think there's a very good possibility that he gets found not guilty because I reckon I could defend him and get him off with that. I remember when I was on, for example, when I did Triple X, I was working with an actress called Ruby Rose. Here's a little story about guns. We're doing this big fight scene. It's near the end of the movie. And I've got this machine gun and it's shooting out shells from the blanks, right? And we're backing off. We're retreating. She's like over there. We're backing off. We're shooting all these bad guys. Not believable at all, especially with me with one eye, but in no depth perception. I don't know where I'm aiming. But all the, all the empty shells are firing out. And then at the end of it, I get pulled to one side because she's had a little complaint because the shells were shooting out the gun and they were hitting her, you know, and they were like, can you make, yeah, and the hot, you know, and the, the, you know, she wouldn't want to put a complaint in, didn't she? Rather than come to me, you know what I mean? And just say, Mike, you know, just, just be aware that the, the things are shooting out, you know, as well, you are on a movie set and you are on a fucking action movie where there's lots of gunplay and grenades going off and all the rest of it. You might catch a little stray shell, uh, but still again, you know what I mean? They were not live rounds. The bullets in that gun should not have been a live bullet mm-hmm. capable of killing an innocent person. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Agree anyway, with that. that's a what do what do we know? How what do we know? We don't know shit about well, shit. So I just the the one thing about nothing this about story, nothing. the one thing about this story that has always gotten me from the jump is, did you when you had that gun right? Were you dicking around with it in between takes, pointing it at people and pulling the trigger? Because that's my no. biggest problem with it. The camera wasn't rolling. He Alex was, Baldwin just, was being just being a, a child. Dick. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, all right, all right. I mean, I mean, I guess that that's not uh, gun practice. That's not what yeah. you should be doing. You shouldn't aim a gun at anybody, loaded or unloaded, blank or live, uh, or real bullet, whatever the term is. You know that, that you shouldn't be doing that. Okay. But still, the sh- it's still the sh- I think that's live the live ammo. 
should not that's rely where the on where that charge gun, comes from. right? And and this and this, you know, I mean, that young lady, she shouldn't have been so in that sad. position. Yeah, it's so sad. sad. It's so sad. Super but anyway, sad. what do we know? What do we know? What do we know? <sighs> what have we got in MMA? Let's have a look. Say something while I look at the notes, Anthony. Just say something. Something. Some, Give I'm, me something. You know, what about a... the Taco Bell guy? What happened to the Taco oh. Bell guy? There's a there's a bank robbery not that far from my house. Yes, like, the bloody Kansas City you, Chiefs guy. If you, no, <laughs> we might, talked about this last week, man. Yeah, we talked about no, it just a couple days ago. I don't know how. Uh, did I ever tell you that my stepdad was a serial bank robber? <laughs> you did, I think. Okay, I we think all saw it. About this guy was. Uh, these, <laughs> these just two the way people. he said. Did I ever tell you my granddad was a serial bank robber? Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. So a couple days ago, there was these two yahoos. They roll up into the bank. And it's just a few blocks from my house. And they have the worst disguises on in the history of fucking disguises. One of them has like a, a hoodie and it's tied real tight in the front. You can see this part of his face <laughs> just enough that all your friends are going to recognize you. But yeah. it's pulled super tight. And the other guy has like a ski mask on, but he has glasses that are like really big. And so it's pulled down over his nose. So they can sit, his glasses can still sit, and then the ski mask is like you can see exactly who they yeah, are. Yeah, they yeah. were they were free for about eighteen minutes after they robbed the bank really? and they posted a picture of it. Some people are so stupid. It seems like risky business robbing a bank these days. You know, well, you get but so much jail time too. It's, Say again, you, you get about four times as much time for robbing a bank as you would a gas station. Oh, yeah, you're robbing a bank, bro. There's so much time in jail. I mean, I mean like, bank robbery. I mean, I would say, other than murder, you know what I mean? Bank mm-hmm. robbery with a with a machine gun or a shotgun or a weapon or whatever. It's right kind. up there. It's you, up there, bro. You get a lot you know, of time. Holding up the local post office is one thing. Robbing a bank, well, yeah, I don't go, know, a post office should be Go rob way. a 7-Eleven. You'll get like eight months in jail. Rob, Talking about the, the bad examples. Amount. Oh, there he is. <laughs> that is right there. I don't know that. I mean, I couldn't pick him out. Oh, everyone pretty, he knows could. Yeah, that's actually think, a, you know, a better. That one's actually a better picture. On the way out, there's a real clear one. You, you like, know, in the films, they always put like a stocking over the head, don't they? Just like a pair of tights. <laughs> that's and a I'm great like, idea. But that wouldn't work. Do you well, think that works? Com- no, I don't think so. It can't Rebecca! be with your with your fate. Rebecca, <laughs> please tell me. Bring me, me a pair of stock. tights. <laughs> Get me a pair of tights quickly. <laughs> I want to see if you can recognize me. Or, like, you know, if you think you'd be able to, I'll text you. I just, don't, I just wouldn't want my nose all smashed in my face. It just looks so damn funny. What oh about those gosh. masks? Uh, Brian, what are, you probably know what they're called. They're, they're like clear. I think they used them like in the, the Batman movie with uh, the Joker as Heath Ledger. Like when they, that first scene, oh, like, they have those, those funky like ass. anti camera masks because they yeah. like reflect back. I'm not sure what they're called, but yeah, I don't know what they're called either. They are. But I feel like those, if there's not a camera there, you can tell exactly who that person is. I don't know if don't they worry, hide your face well. We've got Michael Chandler joining us shortly, and we're going to talk about some mixed martial arts in a second. But I think Rebecca's <laughs> bringing me down a pair of tights. Do you call them tights in the States? Um, I think you, I think you can call them tights. Yeah, stockings, I, I'm assuming. Pantyhose. The old pantyhose. All right, so big news, big news. Hey, Joseph Holmes, did you see the story? Apparently, Joseph Holmes, UFC fighter, of course, uh, jumped by Kevin Holland's crew. Did you see this video? No, I didn't. 
Joseph Brian, what's his play nickname? the video. Joseph Holmes. All right, so here's what Harrington's put in the notes. Joseph Holmes claims he was jumped Ugly. by Kevin Holland's crew and he wants to fight Trailblazer in the octagon. Holland responded that because the UFC will not book him to fight Jones, that they should just bet $20,000 on a sparring session behind closed doors. What are these? Are these tights? No, they're leggings, babe. Are they tights? <laughs> I can't see shit. I mean, these these aren't gonna do it. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, like the the, the, the well, I can't see who you are. That's for the sure. Flesh colored ones. Well, this is a good costume. That's no a good one. one. See shit. But I, can you see flesh colored ones? No, you know what they're using? Bank robbers on on in the movies, babe. Come say hi to everyone real quick. Seeing as you're here. <laughs> could you could you see you out mean? of them? I could, I could yeah. o- o- only a little Hi. bit. Oh, I my, need to hear oh, Jesus. Uh, what were we saying? Hi, Anthony. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, good. Just, just you know, watching Mike put pantyhose on his head. I, know. <laughs> I don't even want to ask why. You it need, gets weird around here. That. I just wanted to smell them. <laughs> um, Harrington, Harrington, let's talk about this. Harrington, show yourself. I'm Brian. Hey Harrington. Uh, hey, what's Anthony, going on? What do you think of this? Of just just Harrington just forwarding. Hey Brian, I'm sorry. Sorry. Hi Brian. Sorry, I didn't see you there. All right, don't take over the show. Um, <laughs> Harrington just sending us his baby register for his gifts for his baby. Do you know he, what I mean? He did. He just like essentially was like, "All right, here's all the shit you guys need to buy." Just completely out of the blue sends us a list of potential gifts, Harry. all very expensive Harrington, as well. Harrington, don't worry. Like I, I know the truth. <laughs> You asked for it, Mike. Exactly. Don't, don't lie once we're on air. Don't lie once we're on air. No. I have the text. You do have the text. Ignore it's a joke. Him. It's a joke. It's a joke. Anyway, sweetheart. Oh, no. Anyway, yes. I'll take my tights and leave. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. Take your tights and go. Yeah, uh, Harrington, do you want to elaborate on this story for Anthony? And then, Brian, if you can pull up the video and the link. And I think the good part of it starts at around one minute in. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, Joseph, uh, ugly man, Holmes is the ugly man. Yeah. That's his nickname. Uh, he says that, you know, he was at, uh, he was at an event, um, like, uh, another MMA promotion and they caught each other. They, they bumped into each other. Um, and then he had, uh, Joseph had changed upstairs. Right. So they had like exchange words at one point. Uh, and then his girl left, he went back upstairs to like grab something. And, uh, when he was coming back down, he saw Kevin Holland with a bunch of his guys, they get into a bit of a verbal altercation. And then all of a sudden uh, he feels punches to the back of his head. And he claims that he was, yeah, just jumped by, uh, by like Kevin Holland's crew there. Let's have a what listen. I, gonna say? I jumped. They beat me up. They beat me down. They stomped on me while I was down. Fuck Kevin Holland, bro. Fuck that guy. He's hammered. Fuck that guy. Yo, my oh, he's drunk. Guy. He's drunk, drunk. Just got freaking jumped. Oh, no. Hey, look, I'm over here being told, be the bigger person. Be the bigger person. <laughs> I am big, being the bigger person. I'm literally standing here while the person that just jumped me is standing right in front of me. And they didn't do shit to my mustache. <laughs> what the beef, no. bro? The beef is nothing. I'm walking oh, through. Okay, no. peep this. 
I'm walking through. I'm so uncomfortable. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. One second, buddy. I'm walking through the venue. Okay, me and Kevin already don't get along. Kevin Holland. So I'm walking through the venue. He he ends up being in front of me. I make a quick eye contact. Continue on my way. Don't say a word. Don't touch him. Don't look at him. Nothing. Let's end that right there because that's oh god. Did you hear about that, Mike? Am I in the show right now? Was I back? Oh, yeah. What did I just walk? What did I just walk into? This guy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what we're doing here. First of all, welcome to the show, the one, the only. I am Mike Chandler. Yeah. Hey, buddy, we've been trying to get you on here a while. Thank you very much. We know you're a busy man. Well, no, I apologize, man. I appreciate it. This is uh, awesome. And I see my I see my man wearing the KC Chiefs. All right. Yeah, let's go. You know, from Missouri. There so I go. like it. No, I appreciate I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. No, no, no. Th- thanks, man. No, that was uh, UFC fighter Ugly Man Joseph Holmes that says he was jumped by Kevin Holland and his crew at an MMA event. But that was the video. We were just saying he's, he was a little bit drunk. In our opinion, that's the problem with going live on social media when yeah. you're a UFC fighter because he's going to make it to the websites. The poor guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he wasn't sounding super. I when you guys read the story, I was like, "Oh, that sounds that sounds terrible." He was jumped, and then like here, I'm like, "Oh God, this is not great." <laughs> Mike, you don't strike me as the type of guy that's falling around drunk and going on Instagram lives. No, I uh, I enjoy I enjoy some adult beverages, um, but you know, not in not in excess, and I try to stay away from the social media. It uh, usually will get me in trouble if I do. So yeah, <laughs> I try to stay away. You're a smart man. Well, anyway, listen, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about you, uh, Mike. Ever since you came to the UFC, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times. I mean, talk about one of the best signings the UFC could ever done. You said when you first came, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Every single fight that you've been a part of has been a contender for fight of the year. It's been a classic. There's been insane knockouts. There's been back and forth wars. What is it about you and your DNA that you just have these kind of fights every time? I don't know. Uh, you know, thank you for that. No, I, I appreciate the sentiment. Um yeah, and the awards are great, you know, um, and being being recognized by my peers as well as, you know, the fans and, and even the UFC brass. Um, but, you know, I, my first meeting was with Hunter Campbell. I sat down and said, hey, Hunter, I want to be a good thing for your organization, and I want to fight the toughest guys right away. You know, I think it also stemmed from fighting outside the UFC for so long. I truly felt like I was one of the best guys in the world at any given time. I went through, you know, a couple losses, losses to some guys I shouldn't have lost to. We all do as fighters. But I truly believe that I was one of the best guys in the world at any given moment. But I was, af- I was afraid that I may have, I may never end up in the UFC. So I think that version or that view of myself being afraid of that guy. When I came over to the UFC, all bets were off. You know, I wanted to get in guys' faces right away. Um, worked out really well, obviously against Dan Hooker, and then fell short, and then knocking Tony Ferguson. It's been a kind of up and down, but it's it's one thing remains. When I step inside the octagon, uh, you're on the edge of your seat. And um, I just like to be in guys' faces. Um, if, you know, it doesn't always work out well, like we said, doesn't always work out in my favor, but it is the way that I fight. It is my technique. It is my game plan. Um, and some guys, you know, a lot of guys crumble um, or at least are thrown off their game because of it. All right, guys, we've got some breaking news. Manscaped is now selling beard products. That is correct. They have gone from waist to face to help you replace that bulky razor with their brand new 
Beard Hedger Pro Kit. They have created the best tool for you to turn heads with a clean, perfectly groomed and conditioned beard. Finally, tame your mane by going to manscaped.com. Use the code BISPING20 to get 20% off plus free shipping. Now, I've got one of these. I've got to tell you, this thing is absolutely sensational. It has 20 lengths to it. The build of it, you can just tell it's quality, just like all the Manscaped products. Plus, the trimmer has a titanium-coated blade. As I said, there's over 20 lengths to it. Uh, you got to love this. Trust me, I had one that I was using. I don't use that anymore. As soon as I got the Manscaped one, this one took over. It's my primary one. It's in my suitcase coming with me to Australia. Everywhere I go, I will have this one. So listen, you know, if you've used anything from Manscaped, then you know the quality of their products. And this is no different. Plus, the trimmer has a titanium coated blade, as I mentioned, that is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit is much more than a trimmer, though. It comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. Dermatologist-tested formulations. Difficult sentence, but I nailed it twice. It has the beard shampoo and conditioner. All your hair is different. Did you know that? I didn't. And your beard hair is much more coarse and easier to damage. I knew that. That's why the kit has the shampoo and the conditioner. Specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replenish your natural oils and promote beard health. Listen, top and bottom, the stuff's fantastic. This stuff does shave it. One time, one run over, boom, you're done. You're sharp, you're smooth, you're clean you're groomed, you're ready to rock, and you're saving 20% when you go to manscaped.com. Use the code BISPING20. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping. Trust me, don't bother with any of that nonsense. By the way, it comes with beard balm as well, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes the beard, bringing an amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. By the way, the Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. It also comes in a lovely little carry case as well. Uh, mine is. It's beautiful. So, manscaped.com, code is BISPING20, 20% off. Free shipping. You're welcome. Where were we? Mike, you know, I've been a, I've been a fan of your career for, for a long time, all the way to the early Bellator days. And it seems like there was a... a a huge difference in in your mentality and your in just your fighting style in general when you came to the UFC. You've always been super exciting, crazy explosive. Uh, I could go on and on and on about the things that I love to watch you do. But what what like what was it specifically that changed? Because it, it's like you got to the UFC and and like it's almost like you're playing with house money. It's yeah. it's the weirdest thing. Like it's the coolest thing in the world to watch. But. It's like you, you, as soon as you came in, you signed the contract and just said, fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say, yes, I do. I've, I've said this uh, on record. I, I do feel like I'm in my second career now. I mean, you know, guys, I could very, very easily be doing this interview signed with Bellator for the last two years because I just kept doing it. You know, it made, it made, it made business sense. It made sense for me to make those decisions. And it never felt like the right time. But then when it did feel like the right time and the door started, the door was unlocked. I wanted to kick the, do the door down and I did. Um, but with that being said, too, yes, I do think, you know, you lose to one of those guys in Bellator. Um, it's not so great. You know, um, now I'm fighting. You know, that's part of it, too. I mean, let's let's not forget I'm fighting the best guys in the world at one hundred and fifty five pounds. I mean, um, maybe if I'd fight a little bit more methodically, maybe if I would look for a, a brake pedal every now and then I still haven't seen one uh, my entire career, 
Um, but foot on the gas constantly in your face. But I do think there's a, there is just a freedom and a happiness and a joy and a peace and a contentment. Um, as I said, it's not my job to go out there and entertain people. It's my job to go out there and win fights. So I, I get that when, when people give me that criticism or even fellow fighters or analysts, former fighters, you know, it's, I get it. Um, but sometimes, uh, it's hard to teach an old dog, new tricks and you go out there and, um, the crowd gets a hold of you and you just have a black. <laughs> it's fun though, as well. It, it is fun. It's but fun. It would be nice to win a couple more than I've, than I've won. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, but, but come on, you, everyone wants to be a fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, so many things I want to ask you. Of course, we're going to talk about the title fight next week in Australia and all the rest of it. But you mentioned Bellator there. And of course, I don't expect you to talk bad about them or anything like that. That's not what I'm looking for, but you're in a, a relatively unique position. There's lots of others that have done it, but we haven't done that. Fighting for Bellator and the UFC, I mean. Um, what are some of the main differences that you've seen? I'm, I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong, that one of the main things is kind of a level of recognition for what you do. Is it, Would I be correct in saying that? That is, yeah. And that's that's not even, it, it's hard to even describe it, you know? And and while you also describe it, I mean, and again, we're not here to knock Bellator. That's not what we're doing. You no, know, and, and I think people know me, and, and even the the Bellator brass. I I have seen them here and there. Like they're, they're I've said things about Bellator, and quite frankly, in, in so many words, that the UFC, I just enjoy it better. Like, and there's it doesn't mean they were bad, and the UFC is, mm. you know, good. But um, it the level of recognition is just absolutely astronomical compared to Bellator and not to mention the fact that you're I put I have always poured my heart and soul into every single fight whether I was fighting a guy that y'all have never heard of or I'm fighting Vincent Henderson or Eddie Alvarez one of these guys you had heard of back then I'd show up to my fight and they're sending like the second string and third string media people from MMA Junkie and all these other people I'm like oh where's Ariel and hey where's this guy and where's you know they, oh they're at the UFC event you know and John Morgan with yeah yeah Exactly. You know, John Morgan, John Morgan's at the UFC while there's, you know, someone else at, at the Bellator fights. And these were bigger fights. I was always in the big fights in Bellator, but that was, that was the number one thing. Number two, I do think there's a, obviously I do think there's a, a, a level of competition that is just different. It truly is. Um, and uh, the, from a business side of thing or an organization side of things, I mean, the UFC has ran like a true sports organization, Fortune 500 company, not a skeleton crew where one guy is handling medicals and travel and he's fighter operations. I mean, there's departments. There's there's a travel department that's bigger than the entire Bellator staff in the right. UFC. The PR department that's entire the, that's bigger than the entire Bellator staff, and that doesn't that's nothing against them. It's just that's the way that they run their business. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was time to. It was time to go test the waters, and it's worked out pretty darn well so far. You know, I heard someone uh, that had been in Bellator before and then moved on to the UFC. <clears throat> Excuse me. I heard them say in an interview one time, it's nice when someone asks what you do for a living, and you say, oh, I'm a professional fighter. And they say, oh, like the UFC? Like, no, it's like the UFC. I'm just not in the UFC. Like, that was like their difference between Bellator and the UFC. Bro, hey, listen, the amount of the amount of times that that happened to me – <laughs> Or I'm walking through a casino in Las Vegas with like Ryan Bader, like Ryan Bader, Gray Maynard, CB Dalloway. These, these, all these guys were Chris Weidman. All these guys were part of my management group, right? So I would hang out with these guys. The amount of times I had, hey buddy, can you hold my phone and take a picture of me and Gray Maynard? Oh. And then, and then <laughs> like, hey, oh, you look, you train with these guys? Uh, well, my name's Michael Chandler, Bellator champion oh. right now. You know, they're like, oh, oh yeah, actually, oh, they, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you know, look familiar. Like, 
Yeah. And it's like, I don't say that. I don't say that to, like you said, crap on Bellator. It's just, you know, and I was a guy who was building my brand exponentially compared to everyone else. Like I was constantly trying to add value on social media to build the brand, constantly posting video workouts and all that kind of stuff and building my brand because Bellator just wasn't doing it for me, if you will. But I, I remember every single one of those interactions and how I felt and now getting this opportunity to be on the platform, the platform that we call the UFC, that's just so much different to give anything less than my best, like here, training, fighting in the, you know, meeting a fan. I, I t- met a fan yesterday at the airport talking for like five minutes. Like it's not the, this is important to me because I know what it felt like to be overlooked. And I know what it right. felt like to be undervalued, underappreciated, under platformed, if you will. So it's uh, it's really served me really well. And truthfully, I do, like you said, Michael, I do have a, a very unique perspective because I truly don't believe UFC fighters on the roster who have only really known what the UFC is. They don't really truly realize what they have signed with the UFC. They don't realize what it's like on the other side. They do not know and they never will know. So I have that unique perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess we all come from a regional kind of circuit, yeah. but once you get to the big leagues, you think it's all like that. I remember going and cornering, and again, I'm not trashing Bellator, when I used to corner Kendall Grove, you know, yeah. and I was like, wow, it's a little bit different. This is kind of like a regional show, but with a TV deal, you know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're not here to s- talk crap about them. I-, I love all the different platforms for the fighters. Yeah. Um, who do you want next, Mike? We know you've been trying to angle for that Conor McGregor fight. I'm I don't know if you know about one. Connor versus Tony on the Ultimate Fighter. Did you hear about that? I did. Yeah, no, that's uh, that was definitely just a tweet. I, I know for sure that was definitely just a tweet thrown out there to see if it gained any traction. Um, but- <laughs> oh, great. So we did a 30-minute segment on that earlier. <laughs> Forget that, everyone. <laughs> no, uh, confirmed, confirm, Tony Ferguson just throwing stuff out there. Um, He's a yeah, maniac. Obviously those, that's been in the talks. Um, obviously, everybody knows I would be down. Me, Connor, on tough, whether it be four, six weeks, however long, uh, we will be filming that thing, the tension, the rivalry, the competition, the trash talk, um, just the animosity that will be built up and then go into a training camp and then, you know, fight later on after the show. I want the fight. Everybody knows that the fans want the fight. Dana has come, gone public saying he wants that fight. So the UFC wants the fight. I've, I've actually heard from numerous UFC people um, that that's the fight that a lot of people are talking about, um, man. Huge fight. Can you imagine the first round? Can you imagine the the foggy do and then my NF coming right. out on and then we go out there and then just two two dudes trying to finish each other in the first round? Massive. Let me just ask you on that. I'm sorry, Anthony. I know it's your turn. I'm jumping the gun there. But you, you, you've seen McGregor lately. Yep. He's not looking like a 155er. You know, call it what you will. Call it supplements. Call it a rehab program. Call it good old-fashioned steroids. Call it whatever <laughs> you will. Okay. Would that fight, in your mind, would you take it at 170 if you had to? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I actually have told myself, and you, you can go down to Florida and uh, talk to my team, and I'm like, man, if I win this fight, I'm never fighting 155 again. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm walking around almost 190 right now. I mean, I'm not a, and I'm, and I stay lean. I stay lean because I'm always training and I got my walk on fitness, um, fitness app that I've created that I'm coming out with new programs. So I'm constantly over here filming stuff and training and I'm I'm always in the gym. So I'm, I'm not getting fluffy or fat and I'm always around that 185 to 190 clip. So, I mean, 170 for me would be a dream come true. I don't, 
I don't like making 155. The only reason I can make 155 is just good old-fashioned 12 weeks of diet, exercise, discipline, and a little bit of dehydration at the end. So why not do 170? Um, I think Connor and I, I think I'm, I, st- I still think I'm bigger than Connor at this point, even even with his uh, his regimen that he's been on. You know, I, there's no way that we're going to get out of this without me having to, as soon as Michael brought up Connor, I thought of the promo that you cut on, on Connor. And I don't remember, like, just going back to, like, the earlier days when I first started watching, I don't remember the fire-ass promos. But to be fair, like, the platform wasn't exactly what it is right now. And and the, the emphasis after those fights wasn't always on the interview. It was more on the fight, which is fine. But uh, do you pocket those things? Or is or because you're, you're – He you're, must. You're, you're so well spoken and like even as we're talking here i'm like damn that's a great answer but it, he, there's no way that was pocketed because he knew he didn't know i was gonna ask that question so like is that something you think about like as you're in training camp and, and there's, there's certain things you want to say or points yeah. you want to get across yeah you know i mean obviously in interviews and, and whatnot i'm just you know flying by the cuff um my couple promos that i've cut i've definitely had a i've definitely had them say, Hey, I know I want to say this, this, and this, or I want to call this guy out. Cause I mean, and it all, it all had, it all had great, um, it all had a great implications in it. Right. Cause I, mm-hmm. and the last time I talked about, it was Gaethje and, um, Oliveira who fought that night. Right. Yeah. Gaethje and Oliveira mm-hmm. who fought that night. And I, and I talked about how people wanted to see me rematch either of those guys. And then if the UFC did have a momentary lapse of judgment, I want Conor McGregor. Um, so I know, I already know a fire line. I, it's a fire line. I, yeah, I already know what I'm going to say. It's the delivery though. Not just the line, the delivery, yeah. Mike, you commit to it. it 100%. And Joe, I was like, <laughs> let's go. Come on. Come on, Mike. Give me some. Let's go. Come on. You're in the hey, ring. Joe. You're in the ring. You've just knocked somebody out. I'm Joe Rogan. I'm handing you a microphone. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. I was like talking to the, the, the camera or talking to the microphone and then, then it turned to Joe. And Joe, if the UFC does have a momentary lapse of judgment. And then the, what people really love that gives them gives them chills is when I went. Conor McGregor! Conor McGregor! You had to give the yeah. big old sniff. <laughs> big breath. Sniff. That was that was not planned. That just happened. I think I I think I almost went, I was about to pass out, so I had to get some air. Uh <laughs> But you know, just just calling out Connor and and obviously it's just a he's the guy that I've I've wanted to fight and, and it's it, yes is it the red painted night is it the big is it the big uh, payday that's what everybody says of course but I mean when you get into the sport of mixed martial arts you want to try to win belts you want to get the biggest stages the brightest lights the biggest platforms and who else is there out there in the sport today and possibly may we may we may never see somebody like Connor McGregor again and then when you start talking about you know he's been very cordial with me on on social media and said some things about me and it's, and it's never in a trash talking way. Um, you can have a legitimate rivalry and want to rip somebody's head off without also, you know, calling them names or doing whatnot. So it's, it's uh. but the funny thing is me and Connor being locked in a house together, not in a house together, but having to see each other multiple times a day, that'll bring something out of you, you know? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, you did it, Michael. So I, I, I can only imagine. I made a complete ass of myself. No. <laughs> Michael Bisping today, so that's all that matters, right? Oh, no, I know, I know. But I honestly, oh, my God, I, I die inside when I see some more clips back. But still, um, but you are right. McGregor is, he's a whale, right, when it comes to stardom and all the rest of it. But that's because, regardless of whether or not he's lost a couple of fights recently, the man brings excitement. And that's exactly what you bring as well. So, yeah, take my money. Take my money all day long. Next weekend is the Mahachev. 
Alexander Volkanovsky. This is your weight division, right? Volkanovsky's stepping up. How do you see this one playing out? Man, it's it's uh, it's very interesting because Islam has proven, aside from the one, he's got one loss, right? The one one time he got caught and clipped, clipped. just like we all yeah. can, right? Aside from that, he's looked very dominant, doing exactly what he what he wants to do, which is go out there, you know, throw a couple punches, go out there, take you down, control you, submit you, or beat you up on the ground. He doesn't have, you know, quite the ground and pound like you know Habib did. I and I hate making the comparison of Habib because that's what we always do, right? And the man deserves his respect. The man deserves to be Islam, not Habib's training partner, Habib's little brother, Habib's underling, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But with that style, he's just so dang strong he's a lot taller than volkanovsky so if this fight gets to the ground volkanovsky's scrappy but islam is going to be something bigger stronger and different than volkanovsky has ever ever seen or felt with that being said volkanovsky i mean the way that he makes decisions on the fly in fights changes up his game plan and changes up his style he's so He's so dominant in the offensive striking and defensive striking, counter striking. The wrestling is good. He's great everywhere. So you got a guy who really is the number one pound for pound guy in the world um, who is very well versed against Islam, who is somewhat one dimensional, but also has a nice big chip on his shoulder now, too. You know, you get that gold belt put around your waist. He's a different Islam. It's similar to what I said about Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira resurrected his career. Uh, after he got, you know, got a couple wins and got that belt, and all of a sudden he turned into a guy that we never even thought was possible. So, do we see the best Islam, and is he able to go out there and take him down, um, or do we see Volkanovski just thwart everything? And you know, we see a hard-fought battle le- leading up to the fifth round, where we're where we're going into it two to two. If I had to be a betting man, I think Islam has the edge. I do, only because I do think Islam is so much bigger and so much stronger um, than Volkanovski is used to, even though Volkanovski used to be like, what, 200 pounds when he played rugby. Uh, while you got your analyst hat on, do you, because we do make that comparison with Habib and Islam, and, and obviously you had your your wants to fight Habib, so you, I think you're pretty familiar with both of those guys. Who do you think is better? Like, Who's the overall better fighter between the two of them? Habib. Habib. Big just more really? dominant wrestling. I do. I do think so. I mean, only because I don't think we've seen, we haven't seen the, I don't know if I want to call it aggression. It, I, no, I think it's aggression. Like when, when Habib fought and he picked, when he's, when he bear hugged somebody, it was aggressive. Like he wanted to break your spine. Islam mm-hmm. very effective. will take guys down, but it was like, I want to break your spine. Habib very active on top, constantly trying to roll like, constantly trying to catch a wrist and do damage. It wasn't, he, he went from brilliant wrestler. I want to break your back to like straight up sledgehammer. I want to punch a hole through your head. I don't exactly. While trash talking. Yeah. While trash talking. Yeah, brother, is, brother, you know, brother, brother, like, you know, like talking to Dana. I mean, that, that's, that's stuff that we don't see. That is unheard of. Right. So, mm-hmm. it, so I don't say that. And, and I think there was a little bit of voice inflection there where it made it sound like Habib was 10 times better. I don't think he's 10 times better than Islam, but in my book, Islam just hasn't proven that yet because we got to see Habib run through so many guys in such a dominant fashion um, that Islam just needs to, you know, and I think Islam should be a little bit more aggressive on top and really, really look to be more dominant more than he's definitely not a, I wouldn't call him a wet blanket, but he has more of 
that style where I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold this guy and I'm not thinking about beating the tar out of him like Habib used to. So let's talk about Islam then, because Habib is retired, right? And anytime someone's retired, it's not fair to talk about them in a fighting sense. But let's just say outside of the octagon, Mike, right? You're walking through, I don't know, some university campus. You walk into the wrestling room and there's Habib. He's on, sorry, Islam. He's on the mat. He's a brother. You want to go for your rounds or whatever it is you guys do in wrestle, wrestling. I'm joking. You versus Islam in a wrestling match. All American, the pride of the USA against Mahachkala's finest, reigning from Dagestan. Who wins in a wrestling match? You know, Mike, you're, you're putting me in a bad spot here because this is what, <laughs> this is what always happens because people are going to say, ah, oh, this guy just lost to Poirier. Quit talking about Islam. Quit saying that you would beat him in a oh, wrestling dude, match. This is, what we all, this is what happens to us all. Every time I Mike and I do this show, we get just blasted by media headlines yeah. and comments. We're, we're the biggest pieces of shit out here. <laughs> no, like, so we're bringing I, you in. I'm not, I'm not in a position to talk about how badly I would beat Islam in a wrestling match, but if I was going to wrestle Islam, I do believe just they're, they're two completely different styles, and I didn't wrestle a lot of international, quite frankly, but I, I think with the Russian Dagestani guys that I have wrestled in my gym that I am not saying hold a candle to Islam, it's uh, – it's a different style, but in my opinion, good old-fashioned American Division One wrestling works very well against it as long as you're able as long as you're able to withstand that hand fighting because they are very strong. And I imagine Islam is very strong in that hand fighting category where those guys just they just feel different when they grab you. You know, it's less slick and it's more, you know. Um, but I think I beat Islam in a wrestling match. Now that's going to be a headline. And then everybody's going to say, there goes Chandler again, talking about beating Islam. When really, we just want to fight Connor. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, that's amazing. Um, man, you know, what happens if the Connor fight doesn't, doesn't come to fruition? Because I, I think this is what happens to a lot of guys. And it, it's, it's not a you thing. It's a Connor thing. It's yeah. unfortunately for, for everyone in the division, whether that's 55 or 70, um, whoever Connor wants to fight is who Connor is who's going to fight Connor. So, if I'm Connor, be 100 percent honest with you, Michael Chandler is the completely opposite direction of anywhere I want to go, and that's just me yeah. being honest. I think it's a stylistic thing, but he also likes big fights and likes to put himself in precarious situations because I think that's what he needs to get up. So I think that could be like a, 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 a that could be a great thing for you. Can if I just do that though? He, he oh, does gee, have the shit out not, of you. No, 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 no. I'm just piggybacking on that and just to say Connor is extremely confident, though. You know, he look is. at what he's achieved. So he probably, I hear what you're saying. A management perspective might be like, avoid that guy. For sure. But in his mind, because fighters need protecting from themselves, he might be like, no, give me that guy. Let's hey, go. Big he, fight. Already, he already fought me a couple of years ago, Chad Mendes, right? Just an over overblown wrestler. Yeah. With yeah. Over, over right, right? Like a blown up wrestler. Sorry, with Anthony. Anthony. Sorry, no, Anthony. You were no, saying. I, but, and I think that's a good point, Mike, that it's it's definitely like a coaching management kind of like let's probably stay away from Michael Chandler. But I think Connor gets off on people telling him that he can't do something. So I'm really just trying to help out Mr. Chandler here by saying no, that I don't think he can do it. For but. sure. And, and, and here's you know, and it's funny thing, too. Right. It's it's I do think and people have said that. And and I and trust me, I've had that thought where I'm like. Yeah, I don't think I'm necessarily the easiest fight for Connor. Yeah. There's some other fights out there. There's some big fights out there, guys who. I love know. Tony, but you could. Tony's got a name, and that's an easy fight for Connor. Like, yeah, 
Exactly. If, if it's Michael Chandler or Tony Ferguson, the paycheck's the same. I know exactly where I'm going. You know. What yeah, I mean? but I but I'm with you. I I truly think that Connor doesn't doesn't uh it doesn't make him feel that. You know, if he if he's fighting right. Tony, it doesn't make him feel what he needs to feel. And I do think, and because I've said this to numerous people when they're like, ah, he doesn't want to fight you, and I'm like, dude, because they said the same thing about because uh, Connor. I guess the Habib fight was a huge fight, but he probably, he should have never fought. He should have never wanted to fight Habib. Like that's mm-hmm. the toughest fight in the world. And it's a stylistic nightmare, but Connor likes the huge bright likes. He, he has never shied away from uh competition, the brightest mm-hmm. light in the competition. But, but on that, and, and, and I kind of want to get away from Connor because it's like, we've been talking about him, talking about him a lot this episode. Connor did pretty well against Habib. Now, yep. granted, it didn't go to a decision. Lots of people did, but he did pretty good. I mean, yeah, he got choked out, but, you know, those first couple of rounds, you know, he was hard to take down in round one, to be fair. Very hard. Very yeah, hard. Yeah. And, was, um, and he showed up showed up, and yeah, I think showed yeah. a lot of people that he was a force. I, I've got to give a, a balanced opinion because sometimes I rip on him a lot, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he does a lot of things that deserve ripping on. Anyway, um, away from that, Michael, we know you're an absolute savage inside the octagon. You're a tremendous wrestler. You're one of the most exciting fighters in the sport. You're articulate. You're intelligent. You're a wonderful family man. Love seeing all your stuff online. Tell me about Michael Chandler as a young man growing up. In where where, where do you come from again? He came from High Ridge, Missouri, man. A small small town outside of St. Louis, Missouri, man. I, I uh, lower lower middle class um, outside of St. Louis father was a carpenter mom kind of helped my with my grandpa's business she kind of ran she was like a secretary and then worked at his restaurants i very much um you know was a small guy from a small town i was taught to do small things and i and i say that in succession because i was undersized um and i had people around me saying you know don't go outside those county lines because you might fall flat on your face and don't make a bunch of money because anybody who drives a car like that must be an a-hole or anybody who gets to this level of fame or this level of you know, platform um, must have, you know, nefarious dealings going on. Right. So I, I had to, I had to really battle that, that, that self-talk. I had to battle that self-image because I mean, you guys have seen where I'm at now, right. It's like, this is a dream come true. If 18 year old Michael would see where I'm at today, he would be absolutely blown away and probably feel extremely uncomfortable. So I've really had to will myself into um, being this, but wrestled in high school, walked on to the wrestled in high school, wasn't a state champion, wasn't recruited anywhere, walked on to the university of Missouri, Mizzou wrestling ended up becoming a, uh, an all American there. I had my big brothers there. Um, my adopted big brothers, Ben Asker and Tyra Woodley, cause I didn't have big brothers and they were, they were the reason I got into mixed martial arts. I started my, I had my first fight in August of 2009 and somehow here I am still doing this thing. <laughs> so do you, you never had, were you a fan of the sport at all? Because I, I think my story, I wasn't nearly as good of a wrestler as you, but I came from a small town with super humble beginnings, no no future in anything. Like Omaha, Nebraska was an hour away, and that was it might as well have been another country. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did you ever watch MMA, or did it, was it just Tyron and Ben Askren were just doing this cool thing, and you're like, well, I'll try that? It's it's actually funny. So in college, I had a I had a, one, my best friend and roommate, Raymond Jordan, um, Ended up becoming an All-American, two-time All-American, actually, from New Bern, North Carolina. <clears throat> didn't, you know, he didn't have a car, um, so he would walk down to Blockbuster and get the old Pride and UFC VHS tapes and play them at our house. 
And that was the first time I had ever seen a fight. And he was a, but he was a huge fan, knew who Fedor was, knew who Noguera was. It's like, Hey, you got to watch this fight. I'm like, oh, I mean, I like wrestling and hand-to-hand combat for some reason. I don't really like mixed martial arts that much. And then I started watching it a little bit and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then you also saw, cause to me back then it was like, I don't know if these guys are making any money. That's not a, is that a real career or is that, you know, guys just fighting in Japan or whatnot. Then when Tyron and Ben started fighting then, and I started going to their fights or Tyron would be fighting and going down to ATT and coming back to Mizzou and wrestle with us a little bit. And like, Hey, let's do some jujitsu or I'd hold, or I wouldn't hold mitts for him, but I would, I would watch him hold, get mitts held for him by some local guy. And that's when I started thinking, okay, well shoot. Now Tyron's making a little bit of money. And then Ben came in started making a little bit of money and they were going to make a career out of it. So I was like, well, I'll try it. So drove down to Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, which is about an hour and a half away and fought in front of 17 people for like 500 bucks. And, there you go. Here so, we go. so at that point, you'd never really trained any boxing or anything like that. What about, you know, most young men get into a few scraps growing up? Were you a scrappy kid? No, I actually had never been in a street fight. I was too afraid to get in trouble. I, I was like, I was too afraid to get in trouble. <laughs> I've heard your stories and I'm like, no, no, oh. no. <laughs> no see, I thought you were going to say you were too afraid of getting hit. Right, no. too afraid of getting in trouble. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah. and I wish more young, you mm-hmm. know, that, that's an example you should follow. I thought you were going to say afraid of getting into a fight. I'm going to say compared to who you are today yeah. and yeah. the style that you have. No, it's yeah. beautiful, man. I'm definitely never afraid of that. Like probably to my own detriment, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, so, but that is, that, that that's, makes it even more impressive what you've achieved, Mike. It really does. Let me ask you this. Anthony Smith, when I started doing this podcast with him, I found out that the man has... He has a bunch of cattle. He has camels. He has a bunch of very, very exotic animals that blew my mind. He's always buying something weird and silly. Tell us something about yourself that might surprise us or the people listening right now. That's actually great. Well, first of all, what I usually say is that I've owned a a professional bull, like a professional bucking bull. Actually, (laughs) no way. With a guy named. You still got it? No, not not anymore. But I. I, uh, but at, at one time we had two different bucking bulls, one, one name, uh, Molly hatchet, like the old band. And then one name uppercut and with a, with a professional bull rider named LJ Jenkins, who has since retired, but he's, <laughs> he's known as one of the best kind of bull minds and bull. He had a best, one of the best bull eyes as far as like seeing a good bull. And then now he's, he's raising them. Uh, but to stay on the exotic animal track, my wife, I actually inherited a zebra when I married her. So my, there's a there's an exotic animal farm a little bit south of Columbia, Missouri called Lolly Brothers, and my father-in-law has a zebra along with two horses on his ranch in Missouri. So I go back and see Zeb the zebra every now and then. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Chandler and I are meant to be best friends. Exactly. And we just yeah. figured this out. Yes. Did we just this become best friends? Did we Anthony, become best friends? Hold on, hold on. Michael Chandler, don't say anything. Anthony, did we just become best friends? What movie is that? Step Brothers. See, I got okay. one. Okay. I got a little one, thing finally. that we do in the show, Mike. He doesn't watch any movies. Oh, he's you... one of those guys. That's good. Yeah. I, I like I like those guys though too, you know. I mean, like I like the guys who can really pull out the one-liners from the movies, but then I also mm-hmm. like the guy where like you seriously haven't seen that movie? Yeah. yeah there's a yeah. place well, for that, me here. I, Mr. Business. I'm yeah. life. I don't watch juvenile <laughs> movies. But Anthony, how jealous are you that you don't have a zebra? I don't have a goddamn zebra. I'm, <laughs> okay. I for the longest time I wanted to go to texas and get a tiger because my brother knows like five people that have tigers i just can't get away with it here in nebraska i just can't because i'm not yeah. in texas but i could definitely have a zebra i'm gonna well, have to we, look uh, into a zebra yeah actually so not far from you uh michael where are you at anthony are you still in omaha 
I'm in Omaha. Omaha, we're still there. So mm-hmm. I was just in Temecula. You know where Temecula is? Obviously. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. 30 minutes Ooh. from where I am. Okay. So I uh, we just did this event this past weekend. Tim Kennedy was there. We did uh, – it's called Operation Black Site where we teach people self-defense and small arms training and all that kind of stuff. But we brought the real Tarzan in. You know who that is from, from Instagram? The real Tarzan. He does all these animal oh. things. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, a, yeah, he's like yeah. a real ripped black guy. Yeah, Mike, Hol- yeah. Mike Holston, but he goes by the real Tarzan. He, we had yeah. camels. We had alpacas. We had ostriches. There's a 26-acre ranch in Temecula that they've now turned into kind of an exotic petting zoo farm as well. So, What does that guy do? Uh. Because the only thing I ever see him do is hang out with super hot chicks and he'll just be having like a Komodo dragon walking through his living room or something. It's the craziest, it's the craziest thing. Yeah. So he literally has become, you know, one of the, one of the most influential, biggest platform, just animal lovers on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and he does a lot of, he does a lot of uh, philanthropy and raising awareness for poaching and just all of the different animal causes. Right. As well as, you know, some of the kind of save the earth, you know, the, plastics and all that kind of stuff right. as well like just a just a solid dude who made his passion uh animals and also i heard him explain it on a podcast where he's like most people are afraid of snakes that's like one of people's biggest fears so my biggest love became snakes because i want to take away people's fear or dampen people's fear of snakes he brought he brought out like two 20 foot reticulated pythons to a group of like 40 people it was they were slithering around on the mats with us wow. this past weekend and it was like it's made, he's made that mission. And then obviously he brings sponsors on and that's how he makes his living. So I, I'm not exactly scared of snakes, but my son, he has a tarantula. He has a bearded dragon. You know, he loves oh. animals. He wanted to get a snake. Right. And I said, no, because people that have snakes are weirdos. Okay. <laughs> when I grew up, anyone that had a pet snake in a tank was a weirdo. Where do you stand on this, Mike? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's definitely not my cup of tea. I mean, it's definitely like, <laughs> I mean, I, I barely wanted a dog like lately, mainly because I'm just busy as heck, but like, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big reptile guy. It was, it was cool to hold the snake. I mean, we're talking like 15, 20 foot around my neck and it was kind of cool for a second, but I don't know enough about it, nor do I have the time or the know-how to, it was cool for a moment and that he brought out a Komodo dragon or something like that, but I wouldn't say they're weirdos. I would just say that their uh, interests are a little bit weirder than mine. They're individuals. Um, <laughs> our producer, Mike Harrington, I think, I believe he put a tweet out. So Harrington, come and join the show, please, my friend. And uh, up, a few questions from the fan base. What's up, Iron Mike? Yes. Uh, yeah. All those coming in, man. Tons of them. Yeah, there, there, was, there actually was a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. like hundreds and hundreds. So Harrington is, I'm assuming you've scoured them with a fine tooth comb to find the most intellectual questions, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. I figured I would, I would lob you up a softball to begin with. Better wrestling program, Mizzou or Penn State? Gosh, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're you're going to make him pick against his... Yeah, logically, <laughs> Penn State is just freaking so dang good. But obviously, I'm, I'll believe black and gold to the day I die. But Penn State, is, Penn State is a better program, let's be honest. But Mizzou's on its way. All right. Hell yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Emilio wants to know what's the biggest takeaway from having two boys now instead of one. And what kind of advice would you give someone who's always trying to work out? Great question. Um, So as far as the boys go, um, man, just the dad guilt that I, you know, that they don't tell you about before you have kids. It, uh, it, it adds a little bit to that, you know, not to, not to dampen the mood, but like, you know, the, the guilt of like, have I done enough? Am I doing enough? Am I 
raising these boys right. Um, but also bringing in the second also makes you very, very thankful for the first because obviously he's not your only child anymore. But then you also he's going through the growing pains of, hey, do you even love me anymore? You, it seems like you got to take care of this little blob of crying, cryingness all the time. Right. So the jealousy stuff comes in. So you're just kind of dealing with these new uh, these new little challenges. But having two gives you double the purpose and double the why. I love it. And then as far as somebody who works out all the time, show yourself the grace that you're not going to have. You're not going to have great days every single day. Um, just making sure you do something. And the number on the scale isn't the most important thing as long as you're feeling uh, the best you possibly can. All right. Hell yeah. One more, Hamilton. Oh, one more. Uh, all right. I got to I got to do this then just because we had, I don't know, roughly 40 of these come through. Uh, Michael, what do you think of Armin Sarukian's recent call out? Uh, what he said about you having the lowest fight IQ mm -hmm. and how do you think a matchup between the two of you would go? I didn't respond. Cause I mean, I, I haven't even seen him fight. Um, so not disrespecting or whatever. I mean, Shade I, thrown. <laughs> I, that's the most that's respectful disrespectful thing I've ever Sean heard. Him. Like, listen, I don't even know who the fuck he is. Well, <laughs> that's not what I said. I who said, the fuck I, is that I guy? Know, I, fight. I, I mean, I know we fought Gamrot. Like I, I haven't really seen Gamrot fight either. I mean, there's, I mean, I appreciate the call out. That's exactly what I would do if I was him. Um, but like, no, thanks, man. You know, so I haven't even, we're, I'm over here talking about Connor and tough. You think I'm worried about freaking Armin Sarukin with a, with a, with a what's a with a silent T at the beginning of his no, name? Seriously, Saruki <laughs> with a T. Just Saruki. Um, hey, uh, so when I seen that before, before I we, I it was a good Mike call was out. On, good for him though. He, you know, he it, was coming at me, but that's not how a, you get a fight, a, dude. It was a great call out, but I disagreed with what he said when I read it, and I almost wanted to respond because I sat there ringside, right behind Rogan, and watched you fight Poirier. Yep. And so, I, I think I said this on the post show that I, I could see the internal battle that you were having with yourself. Like, you see, I think you get the, this fight IQ argument all the time. Like, he's just not, he's, he doesn't have a fight IQ. I watched you know the right decision to make and then purposely go the other direction because that was more exciting and more violent and more... Which like, one? When? When? With, with Poirier. When? Like, I, like the... Would have been the second round. Would have been the well, second, second round. Second round, I took him down and held him down the whole time, right? Was it the yeah. first round you got the takedown, and then he started to scramble up, and instead of Matt oh, returning him, good, you right? decided to let him go so you could land a big shot. Yeah, well, the first I, round? I think regrettably, as a as a world class wrestler, I would say, or at least a world class American wrestler, and a guy who like had one of the coolest suplexes ever on Benson Henderson. Mm -hmm. That was a really crappy mat return. I think I was like half suplex. Oh, wait, it's a mat return. Oh, wait, my foot kind of rolled a little bit. And right. I basically lost balance and fell. And I was not happy about that. So maybe that's what you're talking about. Um, and it could be. It yeah. just like I, I can see watching you that like you just you, I could see you getting wrapped up into the moment and just living in the moment you guys were in. And yeah. and then in the second round, like like all right there's the game plan all right let's get the take on this you know let's win the position that we're in right now um i don't know i just i just never have agreed with the fight iq part of it i think it's i think there's other battles going on there and I, of course you can't say all that in a tweet so i didn't want to 
well, you know, like, you. well, that's his business. Yeah. Well, number one, thank you for uh, almost coming to my defense. And number two, thank you for saying, <laughs> saying what, what you said here. Like, no, I appreciate it because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's also awesome too. I mean, it's beautiful that people can sit there in their armchair quarterback position and say, this guy should have made this decision or make that decision. And we're, we're making split second decisions. Right. With the best information that we have or making split second uh, bad decisions when, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's part of it, man. But yeah. that's, isn't that beautiful, Mike? Because the sport has grown so much that we experience that these days. You know what I mean? Obviously, with the exposure comes the good and the bad. Uh, we'll let you go on this, and thanks for your time, Mike. Really, really appreciate it. Wonderful talking to you, getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, and I'm uh, sorry if I put you on the spot a little bit here, but I feel like you'd be the type of guy that has something good to say about this. Um, first of all, um, let us know about this fitness app that you're working on, so please tell us all about that. But also, we have a lot of men, obviously young men that watch this podcast, you know, and we have a nice little community. And we often have questions that come in from people that are struggling in life, they're struggling to find their place, they don't know what to do with themselves, they're maybe going through depression or something like that. What would you say to a young man out there that's kind of lost, that's struggling to find his way in life, that, you know, trying to turn things around? Have you got any words of wisdom? I feel like you have. I do. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Um, first of all, yeah, my fitness app, I just, people have been t talking to me about it for years. I put all these workouts on Instagram, like, Hey, when are you coming out with your programs? I finally did it. Walkonfit.com, And we have an app walk on fitness, but, um, and that will in turn also have a diet and a mindset component. You know, I'm sitting here in my studio. I got my microphones here. Like I, I get on the mic and, and I want to bring value to people because I do think, I mean, Anybody who's struggling with self-image or doubt or depression, I mean, I've dealt with all of these things. You know, imagine the cognitive dissonance of a guy who sits here and tells people that I want to be a world champion and be under the bright lights, which comes with the lights, the money, the fame, the, all the things that I say that I want. Yet I still have this little guy from the little town telling me, no, you shouldn't do that. That makes you a bad person. Don't. Who are you to go out there and do those things? And I've even had seasons of my life, guys, when I've been on top of the world where I've been at my lowest point because the devil and the enemy is always coming to kill, steal, and destroy, especially when you are at your best and when you're at the, the top of the mountain, that's where you when you're at your most vulnerable because he knows right where your chinks in your armor are. And the best thing that you can do when you lose that clarity, when we talk about depression, we talk about lack of self-image, we talk about, I don't know what to do next. A lot of times it's a clarity problem. And Breaking the trust to yourself day in and day out by not doing the things that you need to do or not checking enough things off of the list that you need to get done to make yourself successful is the easiest way to get yourself out of that slump. So a couple of practical things. I have I've had a I had a rough go after this fight because of the fight and then some other things that I'm kind of just going through lack of clarity. Right. Whenever I started taking control of my day, waking up earlier than my family, waking up at 545, getting in my devotional um, visualizing and getting in my journal and saying, thank you every morning and thank you every night. And then I'm doing things like my cold plunges, doing things like making sure I'm working out, making sure I do these certain things that I can check off the list. Is journaling going to make me the best in the world or, or waking up at 545? Is that really going to make a huge difference for me in my life? I don't know. For me, it, it has, but it's one thing that I can check off the box can check off the list that says, I can trust Michael Chandler. I can trust me to get this, this, and this done. Because as you guys have seen, the brightest lights, your greatest moment of opportunity, you have to be able to trust yourself. And if you can't trust yourself in the small things, you're never going to be able to trust yourself in the huge, the large, the exponential under the brightest lights. So a lot of times it's, it's, 
it's depression and lack of self-image or um, the pain or the, the self-deprecating thoughts because of lack of clarity. So give yourself permission to check off the boxes every single day by practical little things that you can do to gain trust in yourself and watch it compound itself. Because you, if you want to be trusted in the big things, you have to first be trusted in the small things. Wow. Wow. Love that. Very well said. Love hey, that. I mean, as, as you say there, it's all about routine and discipline yeah. to a certain degree. It really yeah. is. Uh, I think that's a beautiful place to end, Mike. Thank you mm-hmm. very much on behalf of myself, Anthony, all the believers. Anthony can speak for himself. He's like, shut up, Bisping. I can say thank you. <laughs> Mike, can't wait to see you back in the octagon doing what you do. I believe you and Anthony are teaming, teaming up on the uh, on the post-fight or the pre-fight yeah, show soon. Yeah, are you there on the on the 9th, the February 9th? Yeah, in Bristol. Nice. Yeah, I'll be up there too. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, we should yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about zebras and stuff. Yeah, perfect. I'll <laughs> zebras. My zebra. Yeah. Perfect. I can't wait. Amazing. Well, you're the man, Mike. Take care, buddy. Thanks again for joining us. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Take care, brother. All right, guys, let's hear from BetterHelp really quick. Look, listen, never has mental health had a bigger focus on it right now, but there's still a lot of people out there that are troubled, that are held back in life, that are struggling with anxiety, temper issues, addiction, whatever it is. Most of the time, if you're honest with yourself, we've all got something that we need to address, you know, and talking to somebody certainly a licensed professional, that's going to help big time. And that's what BetterHelp offers. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Okay. And the online is the convenient part, right? You just sign up to betterhelp.com forward slash believe you are matched with a licensed professional therapist. If you don't like that person, if you're not vibing, you can easily switch out. You can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions. So it's very convenient. There's financial aid available. Over 1 million people have taken charge of their mental health by using BetterHelp. So please, if there is something bothering you, then let's get it handled. Let's get it dealt with and do it in a cheap, affordable, very, very convenient way. As I say, mental health has got a big focus on it right now, but still, sadly, you know, there's still a lot of people suffering, uh, a lot of people that are, you know, spiraling into decline or depression and just not feeling very good about themselves or beating themselves up or tossing and turning at night and riddled with anxiety. Speak to somebody. It makes everything so much better, and certainly when they are a professional. So please do yourself a favor. Anthony Smith, you heard about it. He speaks to a therapist every week. I want to speak to a therapist, uh, so I'll probably do this as well. So sign up to betterhelp.com forward slash believe. You'll get 10% off your first month. So as I say, nice little discount. And there is financial aid available if you qualify. So betterhelp.com forward slash believe. That is to get 10% off your first month and good luck. And there he is, Michael Chandler. I mean, I say this every time because I'm appreciative of all the guests that we have, but might have been the greatest guest we ever had in the history of Believe You Me. He was pretty good, man. He he checks all the boxes. He is... It's crazy exciting. He's, he's a fantastic fighter. He said all the right things, and you can tell it's real. Like he's not he's yeah. not just hitting sound bites. You know what I mean? And his Wi-Fi connection is solid, unlike it's, yours. It's definitely better than mine, apparently. It was good the whole show. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you did great. It's just falling apart. Kind of like kind of I was gonna say, I was gonna say someone's career, but that would have been mean. Uh oh, and then there he's gone, and now he's back. Yep. Uh back. guys, uh Chandler, thank you very much. And you you know what? He's making the debut on the desk. Yeah. And then everyone, they all want to commentate. Everyone's publicly trying to steal my job. <laughs> and I don't like it. 
I understand be ambitious. That's how I pay my bills. Everyone, Bilal, they're all on there. Oh, yeah, I'll be commentating soon. There's only enough spots to go around, okay? That's my job. I did an 11-year apprenticeship, okay? I was Karen Bryant's psychic for a long time, right? Back off, Chandler, and back off, Smith. Uh, I, I haven't even talked about taking your I, job yet. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting my work in at the desk. I just figure when there's a spot open, I'll get it. Anthony's like, I'm just going to allow you enough rope to hang yourself. We all know you're going <laughs> to fuck up eventually, Bisping, and then you're going to get fired. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, listen, we love to hear from you. We love to answer your questions. If you have one, then please send it into bympod at gmail.com. Seriously, ask us anything you want, but try and you know make it an insightful, educated, interesting question. Harrington, I have to cue him up every time. I mean, I'm just letting uh, letting you finish. I want to step on your words there. I will tell you, if you are enjoying this show on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to the show and you leave a five-star rating, positive review. It helps out on those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new episode drops. And if you want to catch over 400 episodes completely ad-free and uncensored, head to gasdigitalnetwork.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get yourself a seven-day free trial. Check out over 20 great shows on the network. Don't jump off just yet, Harrington. Let's get a four shot. You know, I think people like to hear from the boys real quick, and I know we all got lives. Mm-hmm. Everything good with you two? Oh yeah. And uh, so we have we had a guy call in a couple weeks ago and do the uh, one chip challenge, oh. and then challenged all of us to do it. Oh, so I just man. went and bought them, and uh, I'm going to the post office tomorrow to send you boys yours. So what we're doing this on our. Oh, yeah, yeah, on Thursday, if, uh, if they get there in time, whoa, 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 I'll, I'll make whoa, sure they get whoa, there. Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. Hold, this was never oh, agreed no. to. I feel like it was a while back, and, and everybody said, yeah, we'll we do did. that on air. <laughs> and, we did. and then I ordered good them. with the spice. Not only am I white, I'm English, right? We have the plainest food on planet Earth, okay? Yeah, train yourself. <laughs> I can't. I, 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 Lucas takes the piss out of me. Because of my spice levels. Anthony, how are you with spice? I, I like spicy food, but I've seen people do those one chip challenges before and it's not pretty. So we're all, I have four, so we're all going to do it. And uh, <laughs> I have to figure out if there needs to be like an elimination sort of game or like we're all just going to do it like. Well, in the comment section, maybe give us some suggestions on how we can eliminate this. We do need to do a game. We need to do a game. And as you get eliminated, you do the shot, the chip. And the winner doesn't have to take it. No, I feel like everybody has to do it. (laughs) No, no. The winner doesn't have to take it. And if you want to be a real one, if you (laughs) want to be top G, if you want to be top G, they take it anyway. Mike's getting red-pilled. Yep. No. The, the winner doesn't do... have to take it. Because so I you can disagree. cheat and win? No, but we, that's we, the we, whole point. We've played games game. with you before. We've played <laughs> games with you before. We know how this Harrington goes. Having Jen and Brian adjudicated that one. As somebody who plans on winning this game, I think everybody should eat it anyway. Uh, how about this? How about I buy the chips and I send them to you? Because we don't know if, if Brian's opened his, put it in like a receptacle of milk. You know what I mean? Like to I take will the leave spice it level sealed. off. And he's like, oh, yeah, bro. Doesn't even bother me. And by the way, They're if sealed. you shoot someone with a, with a blanket and you kill them, you're still legally your fault. Okay. The law says. 
<laughs> Just wait. You're going to get it in the comments. <laughs> You're going to get it in the comments for sure. Go fuck themselves. Dude, the game the game should just be we all take the chip and then last one and who the can last stay person, on air. And the last person that cries wins. You kill your camera as you as you see fit. I am not good with Spider-Man. I get the piss taken out of it because when we go on the tie, you, I took you both there, Harrington and Brian, you can get oh, yeah. mild, medium, and spicy. I get mild every time and sometimes too spicy for me. And I don't care. I don't care. No, you can't You're take it. Okay. No, I can't. I got You're the Inferno so soup. I got it as hot as they could make it. Oh, Mike, I believe in you. Man. I believe in you. Yeah, dude, we all it. believe in you. I believe in you. Believe, conceive, achieve. Also, you guys should definitely wear gloves when you're handling these chips. Oh, but that doesn't sound good. <laughs> what part of that makes me want to do this? No one wants to do this. You don't want to touch oh, your face. You need to do it. Hold on, Brian. Hold, hold them up and give us a bit. Give us a bit of a deets on the chip. The what's it say on? Does it? Oh, don't read it to morning? him. Don't don't read it to him. He won't no, take don't read it. Read it. We want to know. We we're getting the the believers hyped up for <clears> Thursday. It so, says if you're a retired UFC fighter, you shouldn't take it. I, I don't think oh, that's what it says. Whoop all it says it's, it's <laughs> Reaper pepper and scorpion pepper. And uh, all the real information is on the back, but I'm leaving it sealed. So, you, all right, you know what? I got to open it anyway to send you to yeah. you. So let me pull the nutrition information out real quick. Super uh, nutritious. Uh, guys, 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 I'm on a keto diet right now. If he's not <laughs> keto, I'm out. It's got nothing to do with the spice, Dude, see? But if it ain't just, keto... It's just blue corn, sunflower, or safflower oil, Carolina reaper pepper, scorpion chili pepper, salt. Not that big of a deal. A little That's bit of all salt. keto. Scorpion pepper. <laughs> they are sealed. Whoa. They are sealed. There's a seal on them. It will be sealed when it gets to you. Does it Does it say how many Scoville units? It should. I can Google that for sure. Don't do this, it. This chip will shock you. Just that's, eat the it. Only inf- that's the only information it gives you. Anthony, uh, will you do it, the whole chip in one bite? Just, just done? We're all going to. No, I know, yep. but the whole chip. Not yeah, a nibble. You can't yeah, nibble it. One big just chip. Just a little taste. Break it's it a up. little no, the chip, whole- Mike. They're not very big. It's okay. You got a couple days <laughs> to ease into it. Well, uh, just just, just seven million Scoville units. I'm seeing two million. <laughs> one point twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs> Hold on, one point seven million what? Uh, spicy Scoville. units. That sounds like a lot. It's sounds probably like a lot. So it sounds like someone might die. Right. Listen, let's get these questions done. We can all get about our lives. All right. So this is the guy who sent us him doing the one chip challenge. Stay on, Hamilton. Stay on. Let's have a four shot. Let's have challenged a us to do it. This is Christian James. What's up, BYN Podcast? It's been a long time. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. All that jazz. Here's my question. Bisbing, before you chew me out, it's more than two seconds long, but I think it's an interesting question. So we always talk about the person going up for the other person's belt, right? 145, 155, et cetera. Well, what if this was a possibility? And I really want to hear from Lionheart since he's still competing. Let's say they want to fight for both belts. So on the Friday weigh in, they both weigh in at 145. And say 12 hours or whatever later, they both weigh in at 155. That way you've weighed in at both weight classes. People are equal weight. And then they have, say, I don't know, another eight hours to fully go to wherever weight they want to be. Because this champ champ status is cool. 
but it would be really awesome to see them fight for both belts at once. And I think that's an honest way you could do it. So Friday, you weigh in at 145, and 12 hours later, you weigh in at 155 or whatever. Sorry, Bisping. It's one three seconds. All right, let me know what you think. Harrington, go fuck yourself. That is not my brother, my brother, and thank you for the question, but that is not my issue with the three seconds. It is the absolute insane, right, what is that, 1.7 skulls, 1.7 million skulls on the ometer? That is fucking 5 million on the stupid ometer, right? Why don't they do the 145 and the 155 pound <laughs> together? <laughs> I don't because think it's that's fucking idea. retarded, right? And it makes idea. no money. It's a stupid I mean, idea. No, he's banned. There's no reason. There's no <laughs> reason to weigh in from the show. No, there's no there's no reason to weigh in twice. To to be eligible to fight for 155, you just have to weigh 155 below. So if you just weigh in at 145, then that would mean both belts are up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, but guess what? How about it's a great this? idea? It's a great you idea. You do one at 145, you do a million <clears> pay per view buys. That's 84 million dollars. And then a bit later, you do the one at 155. So, oh, well, they did it at 145. Let's see who wins at 155. And essentially, that's a rematch with a different belt on the line, and they make more money. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Money makes idea. the goddamn world go around. I know. America. Why don't we just put them all on one night? Every single weight class, <laughs> the belts will be on the line. We'll have no more pay-per-views for the rest of the year, but we'll do slightly <laughs> above average on that one. Stupid. Banned. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, sir. Shame about the band hammer. Go <laughs> ah, on, I'm kidding. All right, so we have another question here. This man is uh, Jay Allen from Florida. Fellas, this is Jay from Florida. P. Smith and Michael Bisman, the same question in the interest of time. Y'all were talking about the missing eyeball last episode. Michael Bisman, if you did have a successful commentary career and podcast when you did get the eye injury do you think you still would continue to fight same question anthony smith now that you have that commentary gig and the podcast do you think you will end up retiring earlier than you would have that's all i got and harrington i know you take a lot of abuse bro but you really do have one of those go fuck yourself kind of faces <laughs> <laughs> I like how he started it with, man, you do take a lot of abuse. And I expected it to be like, you're an all right guy. But this is like, no, but really go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Anthony. I'll let you go first, bud. Uh, I, I think that that's fair to say. Um, I think a lot of people in the sport don't have a, a, a secondary career ready to go and, and, uh, and don't either have, or either don't have the ability or don't make the money that it takes to, to go on and live the rest of your life. So um, I think it's fair to say that I will not overstay my welcome in the sport. I, I'm not going to be fighting when I'm past my expiration date. I'm not going to be the stepping stone for every newcomer that ever comes. I'm not, I'm not going to be Shogun. I'm, uh, you know, like if I'm Glover's age and I'm still fighting for titles, I'll keep going, but I, I'm not going to again, love Tony, love Shogun, Love a lot of those guys, but uh, that's not going to be me. Absolutely. And, and nor should it be. And you should never aspire to that. But to the guy's question there, I mean, yeah, it's great. You know, uh, 
commentary, whatever, analyst work, podcast, all the rest of it. That's great. You know, and it's even while you're fighting, it's a nice secondary income. You know, you make a bit of money, all the rest of it, and something to do with your spare time. But there's no way on earth that that can replace what you do inside an octagon. You know mm. what I mean? There's just, there's, it doesn't matter. This could pay a thousand times more. It'd have to be a million times more because it doesn't believe it or not. We don't get paid a lot. Uh, it's not going to make, it wouldn't have made me, nor would it make you, or if I was still fighting, it doesn't, regardless of how successful it got, how much I got paid commentating. I think fighting is who we are. Fight, we are fighters by definition. You know what I mean? And nothing, there is nothing on this planet that can compare with the thrill of walking into the octagon and fighting against someone your size and weight, skill level, somebody, the entire world tuning in, getting paid decently for doing it. That's the best thrill on planet Earth. And I don't think, yeah, this is great to supplement it and it's something to build. And when, something to build that when you retire, you have something to do and something to fill your time and obviously a way to still make money and to stay in the sport. But yeah, no, regardless of the situation, I would have still continued fighting until the time was right to walk away. 100%. 100% agree. All right, we'll do one more. All right, so we got one more here. I, I, I think Anthony's Wi-Fi is, is I don't know what's, what's waning faster. Yeah, is it getting worse? Do you want to do no, the no, last no. question and just let and just let me dip out? So it's no, not no, all no, fucked no. up. I, I want okay. you. No, no, that's what. Okay. Well, we'll do the last question. I want to. I, 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 I like to see the frustration on your face. It's so frustrating. I hate oh, it. <laughs> I hate it. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, this last one is from uh, Haziel. Haziel from Houston here. In honor of Brandon Randall becoming champ once again, rep in Mexico through and through. What's your guys' favorite Mexican food? This being. You're from Cali, so I expect some quality cuisine answers out of you. Mr. Smith, I don't know how many Mexicans they got in Nebraska, but if you start saying the dog shit they have at Taco Bell is your favorite Mexican food, I take personal offense to that, and we're fighting. Those are just the rules. Because we're keeping it in the culture. Harrington, chinga toda tu reputísima madre, cabrón, eh? Vete a la mera verga, hijo de tu puta madre, eh? Pedazo de mierda. Also, get Adrian Yanez on the podcast already. Him versus Rob Fock got announced ages ago. That's a good show. Anthony, favorite Mexican food? Um, Man, there's this Mexican restaurant not far from my house that has this... Uh, it's The meal's called Mocajete. It comes in like a volcano bowl. It, it's it's incredible. If not that, I'd say I'm pretty, pretty simple with a green chili burrito. I like green chili a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So, like, there's a, there's one in Vegas, but there's a few of them around here where we live. It's a very high-end Mexican called Javier's, right? Super expensive. And it's not all that. Do you know what I mean? You don't necessarily mm -hmm. get what you pay for. Don't get me right. wrong. It's a beautiful restaurant. And the fittings of the and the chairs and the tables and the drinks are super expensive. But the food's not all that. No offense, Javier's. And they don't accept reservations. What kind of decent restaurant doesn't allow you to yeah, make a reservation? What kind of shit is that? Uh... I don't know. I mean, I do like the tacos. I do like the quesadilla. I like the queso. That sounds like Taco Bell. <laughs> I like the queso, the like the, the melted cheese, and you get a bit of this yeah. and that. What's something good in Mexican that I like? Oh God, chorizo, bro. Chirizo. I like the chorizo on the queso. The chorizo queso. I don't know. It's all pretty. I, I, it's all pretty good. 
it's decent. It's all right. I'll be honest. I don't get excited by the beans and the rice. No, it's not. It's not my jam. You know what I mean? Like Saturday yeah. night, I went. I, I was at a restaurant, a, a Mexican Saturday night. I got fajitas. Mm-hmm. I like a good fajita. I like a fajita because I'm trying to keep it low carb. You know what I mean? So that's a good choice. Oh, this keto shit again. Here we go. But the fucking the rice and the beans with everything. The table was just everyone had rice and beans on the side. You know what I mean? You, they got to mix just, up the sides. I think that's just part of it, right? Like rice and beans with every Mexican meal. That's just how it goes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you rice. Mix it up. Like, it's like rice with Asian I, food. If I get a steak at a steakhouse, I can I can choose my sides. That's fair. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want force-fed fucking beans. Is, we need to rice. change the culture. We're bringing it in. We're bringing it in. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you very much. Thank you for the question. Hamilton, what's your favorite Mexican food? Uh, definitely a burrito or uh, what's the no chimichanga? That's the fried burrito. Ooh, oh, yeah, so good. good, so good. Uh, hold on, hold on. I want my chimichanga. I want my chimichanga. What movie is that? He wants his chimichanga. I don't know. What is it? Hamilton? Deadpool. I I don't know. Meet the fuckers. Meet the fuckers. I mean, yeah. you're yeah. going deep in the well at this point. I just wanted to let him know we had uh, Adrian on about 50 episodes ago. So Yeah, we, we did. And I, th- I, th- I think that's his point. 50 episodes. Adrian Yanez, prepare to receive a DM from me or that's Anthony real. or Harrington because he books everyone apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, guys. See you on Thursday. Oh, big shout out, Michael Chandler. Anthony, anything, any pearls of wisdom to sign off on? No, no, I had a good time talking with Michael Chandler, um, and I'll see you guys Thursday.